All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, it's Friday, right? So we're doing the uh, there I am on the screen for those of you who uh, have the benefit of the MP4 broadcast live. You see me there. Namaste. It's Friday night, alien interview. We're on to part 14 of the alien interview. Isn't that crazy? All right, so we'll pick up where we left off there. At that time, Reese, welcome, welcome. All right, share this out, share this out, share this out. If you're in the chat, say hello so I know where you are or I know who you are, right? You can also tell me where you are on the planet. <clears throat> I always like to know that. I'm in California. I'm in a little teeny town called Carmichael, right outside of the state capital of California, Sacramento. So we're like right dead center in the middle of this big, huge, ginormous state. And it's a rat race and it's crazy and it's a den of thieves. <laughs> but any modern city these days is, right? <clears throat> it's just kind of the way it is. If you follow my show, you know that because you know that we have uh, issues with uh, um, the airports because I have four airports around me, two military and two um, commercial because this is this, the state capital, right? We got a lot of stuff up here. There's a ton of people, right? So it's kind of crazy. The only place bigger than this is Los Angeles County, right? No joke. Uh, so craziness, right? Okay, so we left off last uh, last time with with Errol talking about um, talking about uh, um, the people, and the buildings, and uh, uh, different things from the uh, different time uh, a long time ago with the old um, old empire. And of course, she was you know every chance she gets, she takes a shot at us humans, and that everything we do, everything we make, everything that we have is all, um, you know, bullshit, corrupted lie, which we know that most of that is true. See, again, she's telling, you know, a lot of truth with, you know, with uh, some lies, or as it said of the devil, telling many truths with, with many lies or telling a little truth with many lies. Depends on where you're from. Uh, either way, that's what she's doing here, right? But we'll continue because she's giving us information nonetheless, and that's what's important. She is an alien. I do believe that. There is no, uh, there. Is, you know, I'm not trying to debunk the fact that she's even uh, real or this actually happened. I believe that it did. I believe that this happened, and I believe that the, our government's slowly starting to roll this stuff out to us now. They're allowing it to happen the way they want it. Dr. Stephen Greer said that they wanted to do a 50-year rollout, right? Uh, and they're already starting that. We want it now. We want disclosure like, you know, 100% of everything right now. But, you know, they have to clean up their act and, and figure out what they're going to do with the slaves and all the other stuff we're going to find out about. <laughs> right. So what they're trying to do is separate that stuff uh, and call that fact and fiction. In fact, this is what they'll do. Fact is, this is the technology we have. The fiction is all that other stuff that you guys said about the pedophilia and the, and the you know, the, the adrenal chrome and all that was just made up and it was in movies. And uh, there was no slave labor and there is none of that. There's no cannibalism and there's no none of that's going on. No one's being murdered. People aren't buying. There's no slavery. So there's no, nothing to see here. Go back to sleep and don't see this part of it. That's what they're hoping to do, right? They're hoping to get away with all of that and not get persecuted for it or prosecuted for it, moreover, more importantly. So it's going to happen anyways. It's, it's going to roll out because more and more people are starting to, to look at it and believe it. And once that happens, they'll have to, right? So Denise, welcome. Like I said, everybody, please share this out. Share this out. Share this out. Right? I should put that on the screen so you guys can see a banner. It says, please share. Right. Put that across the screen. Um, I don't share this out, I, I, you know, because I used to do that. Like I said, uh, the advent of every show and then I would get inevitably get put in like Facebook jail for doing that. Right. For for spamming stuff. So 
if I have you guys do it and then have you, you know, you guys put it out once or twice and then have your friends put it out once or twice. And then, or if not just putting you guys putting it out there, gets it out there. Right. And so you guys basically would be doing what I would be doing and not get into trouble because you're not doing it a hundred times. You're only doing it once or twice each. Right. Do you see? So share this out, share this out, share this out. Right. Okay. So it's Friday and thank you, Denise. Thank you for sharing. You know, it doesn't show that uh, on this, but like when you're on other platforms like TikTok or, other things it'll actually say, you know, shared uh, underneath your name when you uh, after you post, you know, she so just would say hi and it would say, you know, a sharer, you know, or poster or something like that, right? So, Julie, welcome, right? Yeah, and good evening. It is for me actually. It's, oh, it's afternoon. It's not quite evening yet. I think technically evening starts at five p.m. Right? I don't know for sure. Maybe it's four for some people, but I'm close to evening. <laughs> so, thank you. Good evening. <laughs> But it's good evening where you are, correct? Right? Because I always say that good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show, right? Yeah, and it doesn't show, and it should, right? I, I think it should show. Uh, you know, that way we we get, you know, we uh, you know, something maybe we can harp on uh, on Facebook too and say, look, why don't you know, put it up there so we know that they shared because that like, we, we can automatically go, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. Sometimes it does though. I think if we're friends, it tells me that, right? Because it'll come up on the, I don't have Facebook open. So it would have. So on, on Facebook, it would have said that it would have popped up and said that I, that you had shared, uh, which it probably did, but I don't have Facebook open. So I think it does do that. It gives you the notification, but it doesn't tell you in the chat. And since I'm, you know, I try to run lean because this computer sometimes gets a little overwhelmed. It is a, it is a beefy computer, but it has a, uh, it, uh, it doesn't have a, it has a, a, a 32 bit processor, not a 64 bit. I have a 64 bit processor over here that I keep uh, claiming to myself that I swear I'm going to install it in this thing, but I have to change the, the whole hardware package. This thing is designed to lay down instead of stand up. So it's on the side as a, as a base instead of upright. And because of that, I would have to leave the lid open because the, the other processor is like this tall. And this one that's in there is only that tall, obviously twice the capacity. Uh, so I would have to leave the lid open and that causes a dust issue. And so I would have to then install another fan uh, onto that and, and either that or just take everything out of this box and, and build a new box. That's why I haven't done it yet. <laughs> There's logistical issues, uh, and that's the only reason why I haven't done it yet. So I may just go ahead and build a new box uh, and, and transfer everything out of here into that and then just add the new processor. But that takes a lot of work. So um, instead of buying a computer, it's cheaper because I already have all, all the parts. People just give me stuff because I'm a, I'm a computer geek, right? So 7 p.m. there. Yeah, see, it's 4 p.m. here. So your your East Coast America time zone somewhere on the planet, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's East Coast America time zone somewhere on the planet. Okay, <clears throat> so let's go ahead and and grab right back into the alien interview. Uh, if you haven't read the, you know the the uh, bio there or the the about, um, you know this is a, a 1947 Roswell, New Mexico, an alien who uh, who was a female called herself Errol. She was Debbie. Welcome. She was uh, would only communicate with uh, with uh, this nurse, right? Um, and, uh, and that's it. Period. And, and so, and it was also really a one way conversation. Uh, Errol was talking, and you'll see that it becomes very evident quickly. There's no Q and A, right? And because of that, she's just basically saying whatever she wants to say, and that's what I'm breaking down. I'm not discounting. I'm also trying to unpack what you know what is going on in the background by what she says or what she doesn't say or how she says things 
right? So we're using some spy craft here to uh, figure out what, you know, what she's up to, why she's here, um, right? And why she stayed when she didn't have to. So she decided that she was curious. I, I think in a backhanded way, she's trying to give us information, but, it, you know, I, I deem her as evil because she's in service to self and she's also, also an atheist. So because of that, um, I, I think that she's not, I think she's up to nefarious uh, uh, good, not, not up to good like she's trying to help us in any way. However, everything serves the one. It doesn't matter how evil you are. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how indifferent you are. Everything and everyone serves the one. So, uh, so they're still there and there's stuff to be learned from her in this conversation. That's why I'm unpacking it. Um, like everything, including the Bible, I never take anything at face value. I don't read the Bible as if it was uh, written like a book that you would read from cover to cover. You can, right? But it, but it's a bunch of fables, a bunch of learning tools and teaching tools and uh, and and stuff like that that's in there uh, and parables and done many many times, which is good. And and there's a story in there that can be found if you're paying attention. Uh, even in the places where it's just, you know, never a lender or a borrower will be. There's a deeper meaning behind uh, most of that that you can unpack if you're really paying attention. So same thing here. You know, uh, even if somebody's lying to you the entire time, you could still, if you know they're lying to you, and just let them continue doing it and make sure that they don't figure out that you know and that you're allowing them to do that, then uh, it's harder for them to trick you, right? So if you always assume that that what you're hearing from someone is not the 100% truth, I know that sounds like a cop, right? But that you have to kind of be that way. As a scientist, you have to be like that, the same way as a police officer. You know, when they're interrogating someone or interviewing someone, right? Your level of interrogation and or interview is completely different. But you also are trying to get the same information from Okay, so that's what we're doing here. She wouldn't let anybody cross-examine her or ask her questions that they wanted to ask. Therefore, she stayed in control of the narrative the entire time. So we're only hearing what she wants to tell us. That's it. And most of what she's telling us is that you guys are pathetic. You're weak. You're useless. You're stuck here. We don't really give a shit. We're just on our way to the center of the known universe to invade it and take it over. And about 6,000 years, we might come back and do something about that. So sit tight. Shut up. And oh, by the way, oh, your, your whole religion lies. Your everything lies. There's nothing about you that's anything other than lies, right? And and so that's all she says. And, and you're pathetic and you can't build shit, right? She literally just was saying that, like talking about some of the pyramids that we built that were not very successful. We know that. They're falling apart and crumbling and leaned the wrong way and uh, all that. We, we realize those were mistakes. We see them and we realize as humans, yeah, some idiot built that. But not everybody's perfect. So you always have that contractor who, who scrimps or doesn't know what he's doing and gets in the way over his head. That's what it looks like it happened with a couple of those pyramids around the world, right? But the rest of them were perfect and, uh, and, and worked. So you could then look at that and say, was that pyramid that we have there that's perfect actually built by us or built by someone else? And that was one we attempted and couldn't do it because we don't have the technology. Very possible, right? But it's also just as possible that fucking Walt, the janitor, was not the guy that was uh, qualified to build that fucking pyramid. And they gave him money to do it and he fucked it up and they fired him. Probably took his head, too. Right. I don't know what the punishment would be for building a fucked up pyramid. <laughs> right? So it's just as likely. Why? Because we see that happening all around the world now. So why would it not be happening then? Nothing has changed except for technology. We are exactly the same as we were 25,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago. There's no difference. We're more awake now. We're also more educated now. So we have more knowledge now. So therefore, we are going to be more awake now. 
because we know way more than they knew. They only learned basic skills. They didn't learn how to read, right? They didn't learn how to math. And it was only uh, some societies that, that, that lived long enough and got large enough to, to start doing that. Right. And then other societies would come and wipe them out and they'd be completely crushed and they would not even care about the stuff they figured out. They would only take in one loot and pillage what they could get and rape the women and the little boys and then go about integrate them into their society and crush their whole ideology and way of life and move on. That's what they've done here on this planet. And we do that to ourselves over and over and over again. It's part of the cyclical nature of uh, life and evolution on this planet. If we didn't and you had Rome still in charge. Right. I mean, that would be. Rome still in charge, and that would be stagnation for certain. You have to have change. So um, the cycle of human races uh, or cities or states or ideologies growing uh, and then crumbling and then growing and then crumbling. It's just a natural order of, of progression in this universe, if you actually understand it. So we, we were like always scared and trying to fight against it because we're afraid because we've seen all these other uh, societies that fell and we're like, Oh, are we on the edge of falling? Are we one of those societies that's collapsing? You know, all the time we're, we're scared to death of that because somebody told us to be afraid of it. And that's usually the people that are trying to hold on to power in the society that you have. And they are definitely afraid that things are going to change and they're not going to have a job. Right. So they're trying to justify their job by scaring you guys into going, well, we have to keep this job. We have to stay here. This is longevity. I'm not dead yet. And I need this job until I die. Right. So that's what they're doing. Right. And I got to leave it to my kids and my grandkids. And you guys are the, I mean, you guys are our citizens. Right. You change the word slave or peasant for the word citizen. What does it mean? <laughs> does it mean the same thing or does it mean something different? They tell you it means something different, but they treat you like it doesn't. I'm just saying. Okay. Here we go. Most of the structures were hastily built props, much like the false facades of the western town on a set of... We did cover probably about a, about a minute of this or two, but I, I went backwards, right? Uno, welcome. Marcus, welcome. I was not looking at the chat. I was staring at the camera because I, I, I knew you guys could see me, and so I didn't look down at the chat. But I, but I did a couple times, but not much, and you guys just popped in. Hi. Welcome. All right, I'm going to take myself off of the screen here, so you guys don't need to be seeing me over on the side. There's no reason for that, right? I'm here. You know I'm here, right? So, okay, let's go ahead and, and press play. So, the, so these are where she's saying most of the buildings are facades, right? Cheryl, welcome. Uh, yeah, you did. You came in and, and we're literally just starting. I always try to waste about 15 minutes just so the crowd can gather and nobody comes in and goes, darn it, I missed like the first 10 minutes. You didn't. We were just talking when going and talking about the this in the background on uh, Errol and that kind of stuff leading up to this moment in this video. So you didn't miss anything if you've caught the other shows. Okay, here we go. A motion picture. They appear to be real and to have some use or value. However, they have no value. They have no useful purpose. The pyramids and all of the other stone monuments erected by the old empire could be called mystery monuments. For what reason would anyone waste so many resources to construct so many useless buildings to create a mysterious illusion? The fact of the matter is that each one of the divine rulers were Isbis who served as operatives of the old empire. They were certainly not divine, although they were Isbis. See, so even here, she's claiming that the pyramids were built by the old empire to confuse us. So she's having us believe that the old empire, who didn't want us to have any memory of the old empire, came down to Earth and, and built 150, 200, however many. We're finding them everywhere on the planet. Let's say there's probably even more than that. So let's say they built 400 pyramids or ziggurats around the world 
They did all of that just to confuse the human race. Think about that. She's even kind of wondering about that, right? What what rulers would do that, she says, right? But that that's because that has to be taken away from any kind of uh, of mythos or wondering thereof of us. Do you understand? If we built the pyramids, that gives us something that we achieved at a technological level that she's trying to claim we don't have. So she has to take these monuments around the world and say, well, the old empire obviously built those for you to confuse you so that you would never figure out anything spiritual, but they were built to be spiritual. Right? <laughs> so, so these things were built on a, on a spiritual level with all kinds of implications as to different constellations around the, the uh, universe uh, and especially the Orion uh, Nebula or constellation, and uh, pointing at that. And the people down here, a lot of people down here, say it doesn't do that whatsoever, right? But they can't—they can't show you the proof to where it doesn't. Do you understand? That's that's like that's like the different people with the different ideas of uh, what the big pyramid was, what function was. And, you know, some say it was a microwave, some say it was an energy plant, some say it was a water pump, some say it was a burial for a king and queen. Uh, you know, some, some people say it was none of that. Some people say it was a, a big, huge spiritual uh, uh, chambers. Uh, the entire um, project, the entire pyramid was built so that you would ascend uh, and it would help you with your ascension faster and that it was hijacked by the priest. There's many theories out there. And the, and the, the one thing that you'll find a constant to on this planet is here in this place, you're going to find all of that. You're going to find everything negative and everything positive about everything. You can't read something positive about something without having somebody show, tell you something negative about it. It's because that's the way it works here. So you never get... You know, it's not like it was in the old days where somebody would come up to you and go, here, let's take the snake oil. This stuff will cure your rheumatism. Uh, and they just flat out lied to you. And there was no consequences to that. Right. It's not like that anymore because you have the Internet. So when you have somebody going, hey, I take this pill, uh, it'll clear, cure your sacroiliac. Then you have doctors going into that website going, this is bullshit. There is no definitive proof that this does anything. Uh, but then you also have. Uh, the pharmaceutical company and companies in the United States of America paying off the Food and Drug Administration so that nothing uh, natural is considered any kind of medicine because it's nature and medicine is, is defined now by the Food and Drug Administration as something manufactured by a pharmaceutical company that does something for you. So if you have vitamin C, they're like, well, there's no definitive uh, proof that vitamin C really does anything. However, if you take this pill, it does exactly what your vitamin C does. And, and it's even better, though. Right. And so so that's what they do. They manu they manufacture something and, and they create it and it's and it's synthesized, not the actual thing. And then they sell it to you for more money than you can go get an orange off of a tree. And have the same amount of vitamin C for the day. Do you see? So you have the negative and the positive, and you have uh, oh Jeff, welcome. There's my brother in real life, guys. Jeff Neal, right there, is my actual brother. Um, and uh, welcome, brother. And so you have that happening 
Uh, so you always have the positive and the negative. So now there is kind of those consequences. If you say something negative uh, and it's not true, someone will point that out and go, that's a lie. That's, you know, bullshit. Uh, and, but the problem has become that they do that with everything, everything, everything. So now when people are telling the truth, you have these fact checkers saying it's a lie when in fact it's not. And then the other way around, when you have people that are, that are wildly lying, sometimes they say they're telling the truth when they're absolutely not. So the whole thing is kind of screwy and you have to wade through it, but that's what it's about here. It's about you guys making the choice of listening to what you want to listen to and believing what you want to believe. And I was just talking to my brother about this yesterday. Literally, we were talking about this last night. And, you know, uh, I, I quoted the line, and I always do this from uh, Star Wars, when Obi-Wan was deceased and he was in spirit, and he was talking to Luke. And he said to Luke, Luke, you, you need to understand that, that the truths that we cling to uh, are greatly... Um, well, the truths that we—I'm trying to get now word for word—the truths that we, the truths that we cling to, depend greatly on a certain point of view. I wanted to get that right and say it verbatim. <clears throat> and Luke's response was a certain point of view, right? <clears throat> because that is the, that is the truth. The truth to you, to each one of us individually, right? The truth for each one of us individually is literally the culmination of what you believe based on your experiences, right? And your, your memory, your experiences, and your emotion, and what the emotional, emotional state you're in at that particular moment. So that's how you will believe or disbelieve something. You make that choice when someone says something or tells some, you something or you read something or you see it, right? And that's why with this, I'm trying to take this from an outside perspective of uh, you know, of uh, it is my opinion purely. That's what's the problem with it is you can't ever have someone tell someone can't tell you anything without it being their opinion, because the, you know even if they're unless they're reading from a book, but then they're reading someone else's opinion. Do you understand? So everything that you hear or read is someone's opinion, uh, and then we get caught up in that whole. Well, are you a professional? Do you get paid to have that opinion, right? And in the, that doesn't mean that they're going to be telling you the truth. Again, it still comes down to um, believability, right? So. Let's unpack what, what she's what she's getting into here, right? Here we go. Now she's talking about 6,248 BCE. 6,248 BCE. The beginning of active warfare between the Domain Space Command and the surviving remnants of the old Empire space fleet in this solar system that lasted nearly 7,500 years. It began when an installation was established in the Himalaya Mountains by a battalion of the 3,000 officers and crew members of the Domain Expeditionary Force. The installation was not fortified as the Domain was not aware that the old empire maintained Earth as a prison planet. The Domain installation was attacked and destroyed by space forces of the old empire who continued to operate in the solar system of Earth. Isbees of the Domain Battalion were captured, taken to Mars, given amnesia, and sent back to Earth to inhabit human biological bodies. They are still on Earth. 5,965 BCE. Well, really quickly, I want to <clears throat> talk about that Himalayan group of people that were there. Now, that has been um, fabled in legend forever. During this exact time, in 1947, prior to that, between 1938 and this time, the Nazis were actually had heard about that specific thing happening. And they went up into the Himalayas and they met the people that were living there and they were actually studying them and literally taking measurements of their uh, their entire skeletal structure, bone structure uh, and everything, checking their DNA because there was a group of people up there that claimed that they were descendants from 
these gray aliens that had uh, crashed, landed, or were, had a base there or something. Um, I believe it was a it was a base, and but they were the descendants. So what they're saying here is that they were that those guys were all captured and then put into human form. Well, if they were put into human form, then they wouldn't have the DNA. So here is a contradiction that we know today that is that, that contradicts what she says partly saying that, well, they were just captured and their soul was given amnesia on Mars and brought back to Earth and they were born in, in human bodies. Well, were they born in human bodies that reflected that? Well, no, because the old empire didn't want to have anything that would remind you of your former life. Why is it then that we have a DNA on this planet that is not an Earth DNA? We know this now to be true. And so that we believe that what they say, they claim they're descendants of an alien race that was there up in those mountains. So now there would be no, there would not be anything left, um, no remnants, if this this fabled war that she's talking about took place, and the old empire was trying to eradicate them because they don't want any of their technology left behind for us to find or memory of them left behind for us to find if this is a prison, unless we're in an easily escapable prison with two inept guards. And they're too fucking stupid, and they let somebody breed with somebody down here while they were here, and the DNA uh, is, is in the bloodline to remind us of that event. A mistake, a screw-up that they should be fired for if that's the case. But it's not that way, is it? Okay? So, so again, not a penal colony, not created by the old empire, and all of us aren't, aren't put down here because we're some sort of political dissidents. Okay? Because if we were, nobody would be able to tell us about it. <laughs> because that would be the last thing they want to know. So now, like, oh, well, the system's breaking down. Okay, good. Then we don't have to worry about it anymore. <clears throat> because if the system's breaking down, soon we're all going to escape. So we don't have to even worry about being slaves. Because the system's breaking down, and we're starting to, to be told that we're, that we're uh, prisoners and that we're stuck here. Well, if everybody knows that they're stuck here and they know they're prisoners, then they realize that they're supposed to be free because she said that. Because we're isbees, because we're souls, and, and they're worried that we're all going to wake up and demand our freedom, and they can't keep us captive because it's against the laws of the universe, which aren't really laws of the universe if you don't believe in God. However, um, she still made that statement. Do you see? So here's here's an omission of of the one, but she admits there has to be a higher power because if there wasn't, no one would care if we learned the stuff that we're not supposed to learn. And then what the hell kind of prison is that? Again, that's the even one with just one inept guard, right? So we got Barney Fife watching the whole fucking prison. If you guys are too old to, or too young to know who Barney Fife is, look it up. You'll laugh your ass off. If you did just laugh, welcome, because you're somewhere near my age, right? You've seen the reruns on, right, on television, right? So, so we got Barney Fife with no bullets in his gun and one bullet in his breast pocket in case he needs it for emergencies. And he's, and he's the guy that's guarding, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do we have now? Eight million, eight billion people. right? And he's trying to catch Andy Griffith. Yes. Yes. Denise. Thank you. Andy Griffith. So, right. And she's laughing. So, um, so you got, you got one inept guard watching all of these humans trying to cor corral us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I did just laugh. I bet you did. I, I, I know your character. When I said that, I was almost pointed at you because I knew you started giggling when I said that. <laughs> I know, I know his personality. So, 
so he's trying to corral us all and kick us all back into play. Well, if some of us would have escaped, you would have heard about it because they had gone and rounded up some people and come back here to do something about it. So, right, you see what I'm saying? So that the fact that nobody seems to be worried about rounding people up and coming back here and saving the place, then that tells you that you're not actually in a prison. But in a sense, we are because we're stuck. But we're not stuck because it's a penal colony. We're not stuck because we're slaves that somebody made. That's just untrue, and there is no proof of that anywhere. You have people claiming it, but there's, it's the same people. It's one group claiming it in different places and time, but it's the same group of people always, and I have discovered that, and, and I know that other people have, but even the fringe uh, alien society, most of the people who think they're the heads of that society uh, because they have popularity, they've been pushing that narrative since the beginning. So the ones that weren't pushing that narrative from the beginning started following in line in the last couple of years because they know that there's success in that. And now they're selling out. They have, may not have said that uh, consciously to themselves, but that's what they're doing. When you pack the seats with, we might be a slave labor from an alien race, or we might be a, a prison colony from an alien race, that sells. People here want to believe that. It's, it's wow, that's cool, man. We're in trouble. We need to get out of here. It's because instinctively they know that we're stuck here. So they're buying these stories. That's the little, the little truth with many lies that these people are, are propagating because instinctively you know you're in a playpen. You know you're a baby soul, and you know that you're trying to figure things out. Well, who are the easiest to convince? The, the, little, the little teeny uh, babies as they're growing up and the elderly. Well, anywhere in between there, once you hit your teenage years, you get really cynical when people go, oh, yeah, I don't think that this guy is telling the truth because you start to understand your filters and you start to understand your abilities to assess a situation and to see the truth when it's being told to you. But it takes a, a lot of your life. And right now you just don't understand that if you're just here the first or second time because you haven't learned those skills yet. You haven't been here long enough. Those of us are long in the tooth, so to speak. We're, we're uh, used to that. So we see through people's bullshit when we're talking with you. Yeah, it's not true, right? And sometimes we just don't say anything and we just watch them keep going. Well, how much are they going to lie to us, right? And then later you go, no, here, let me show you what that guy was bullshit about, right? Uh, and some, some people try to make that up and try to do that to discredit you and go, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Let me tell you why. And then they start uh, popping shit off. I watched a video where a guy did that about ancient aliens, right? And I wasn't even, I'm not even their friends. Well, I've, I've talked to them and interviewed a few of them, most of them. But, uh, but they were saying, you know, the whole thing was bunk. And his reason for it was, was when they talked about Malachite uh, and, and uh, no, Indusite, and um, made it look like all of the stones he claimed, they said all the stones at Saxai Huaman were, were Indusite. And he said, here's the video to prove it. And I went and looked up that episode and played the episode from the from uh, uh, History Channel so that I knew it wasn't tampered with in any way. It was the episode that was aired. And he took out the scene where they talked about where it wasn't just made of indecite. Left that out. So he edited this, the, the, the freaking video so that it would fit his narrative to debunk them. So I, that was, I was like 30 seconds or a minute and a half into the... It was his first claim. This is why I'm debunking them, and, and I have other proof. And I, I didn't even listen to the other proof. Like, you edited that video out, or you got a version of it that had that edited out. The fact that you were pointing out that was the case, that they were lied and didn't tell you that there was other uh, granite there, stones there, but they did say that. So either you were lied to with this video and you thought you discovered something or you edited that, edited that out. Either way, you didn't go to the right source for the video. 
Do you understand? I went to the source of the people who made it and watched the video they aired and it was in there. So his version was either wrong and it's not his fault or he did it on purpose. Either way, he's not a very good scientist because he didn't check his work. And all he did was took that video for face value. If in fact someone gave him the video and he didn't edit it himself either way, everything he has to say after that is in question because he, he's proving from the beginning as a scientist, he's proving to me that he has no idea what he's talking about because he didn't check his math. If he had checked his homework, he would have realized that scene was edited out. So my conclusion is Occam's razor. My conclusion is he edited it out. Therefore, everything else he said is going to be a, a lie as well. Right. And if I'm wrong, he should have figured that out, but he didn't. And he, and he posted it saying, this is debunking all those guys in ancient aliens. <clears throat> so he's either a moron or he's a liar. I would rather say he's a liar than a moron. I'd rather say that I think he's smart and conniving and give him a little bit of credit because otherwise he's just plain stupid. All right, here we go. Investigation. Sorry, that was the Sheldon in me that just came out. <laughs> and it, but that's my zero tolerance for people who don't know what they're doing. I'm, I would give you, I'm trying, that's why I'm trying to give the guy a break and go, he just didn't know. <laughs> Don Knotts. Yeah, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, here we go. ...into the disappearance of domain forces in this solar system led to the discovery of old empire bases on Mars and elsewhere. The domain took over the planet Venus as a defensive position against the space forces of the old empire. The domain expeditionary force also monitors life... Now, if you guys, if you're just here for the first time and you're not quite sure, the old empire is supposed to be like the Greys and the Draco and the people that were already here. And the domain is the empire she belongs to, the invading force that's fighting with the other invaders who used to own this part of the of the universe. And um, there, and and that started like what she say seven and a half thousand years ago. Oh, just in this solar system. Okay, so if you're trying to figure out what is she talking about with the old empire and domain, what do those mean? The domain is what she is calling her empire. And I mean, it's not hers, but it's the empire that she is actually a part of. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, welcome, welcome. Share this out. Share this out. All right, here we go. Forms on Venus, which has a very dense, hot, heavy atmosphere of sulfuric acid clouds. There are few life forms on Earth that can endure an atmospheric environment like Venus. The domain also established secret installations or space stations in the Earth's solar system. This solar system has a planet that has broken up the asteroid belt. It provides a very useful low-gravity platform for takeoff and landing of spacecraft. It is used as a galactic jump between the Milky Way and adjoining galaxies. There aren't any planets at this end of the galaxy that can serve as a good galactic entering spot for incoming transport and other ships. But this broken up planet makes a very ideal space station. As a result of our war against the old empire, this area of the solar system is now a valuable possession of the domain. 3450 to 3100 BCE. The intervention into the affairs of Earth by the old empire operatives, or divine gods, was disrupted at this time by the domain forces. They were forced to replace themselves with human rulers. The first dynasty of human pharaohs... Um, Melissa, she asked a question. She said, hmm, I wonder what, um, what kind of species she is. She claimed early on that she was just light energy. 
Remember, she claimed that she was like in the 12th density. Uh, and so she's all this uh, just energy. And she can't be if she's evil. Okay. So she can't be who she claims she is if she's negative because you can't go past the, the sixth density, halfway through the sixth density without changing back. And if she did change back, she would, have, she would be believing in the one and she would be believing in spirituality and she's still denying the existence of those. So she's obviously lying. She's probably a fourth density being and she's evil, right? And, and they're working crossing over to the third dimension by, uh, by using an exoskeleton. In this case, uh, what she claims is a doll body, which was a, a gray alien, right? So she's not as old as she's claiming. She's not as wise as she's claiming. And I said that very early on her, her, um, her communication, even if you're trying to dumb down the communication, if you listen to raw, when raw is talking through Carla, you can tell the intelligence in there. When she's talking and, and uh, here, because she's the only one doing the talking, unless unless the uh, uh, the woman says you know that it's her talking, this is how this is literally the alien speaking. the The verbiage she's using, and you have to remember, she's using telepathy, so she's so she's telepathically feeding this information into her head, not not something that she has to interpret. So now is she dumbing everything down to talk to her? Well, uh, sometimes you have to, but you don't. But see the. If you listen to Raw, Raw didn't do that as much. Raw talks like a nuclear scientist, right? And there was, and you could tell that it was uh, um, a hive mind complex. You could, you could tell, right? <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. You could, uh, thank you, Marcus. You can tell with with his with the tone of of Raw, their tone that they were intelligent. They were they were sticking to the rules of the laws that they were set down by, so they couldn't give certain information, and they would tell that I can't tell you that. Uh, but, you know, or, or I can tell you this, right? But she's not doing that. She's very, very uh, third dimensional ideology speaking of a person who, and that's why a lot of people try to discredit her and say she was just the CIA. And we went over that because the CIA is the ones that are conducting this in interview. So I don't think it's the CIA on the, from California playing a joke on the CIA over in New Mexico by pretending and, 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 you know, and they have some bio robot that we had, uh, which would suggest that our technology is, is way more advanced than we ever thought it was. Right. And, uh, and that they were playing tricks by, by uh, answering the question. So it's not a human being. It's not somebody using telepathy here that is just totally trying to screw with the federal government. OK, it is the federal government that's doing this under lockdown, trying to get information. And she's still coming across like a person who is either either in this uh, 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 third dimension or just in the fourth. Uh, she's not a light being like she claims. And she's probably not even inside the body of that robot. It's probably like a drone. And she's probably sitting in her office somewhere uh, on, you know, or, or on board another ship. And she's phoning it in. That's my bet. She's not actually inside that, occupying that. She's, she's, that's a drone. If we have the technology to do that with drones now and fly around and you can have a guy sitting in El Segundo, California, and he's dropping a fucking bomb in Afghanistan or strafing people with a machine gun on a drone, then that's what she's doing. So she's remote viewing from somewhere. And that's why when they went to go catch her, she was gone. She checked out. She just went click, turned off her computer. Right. No feedback. No catching me. Ha. And now she's laughing. So she's either a 3D person in a different place or she's a 4D person uh, occupying the, the, the same space. And she's also remote viewing either way. But I but I'm not doubting that she's an alien in any way. Right. But let's just let's continue because we can unpack what she's not saying to us. 
by what she is. Let's continue. Those who united Upper and Lower Egypt began with the rule of a pharaoh who coincidentally was named Men. He established the capital city called Men-Nefer, the beauty of men in Egypt. This started the first succession of ten human pharaohs and a period of 350 years of chaos that followed in the administrative ranks of the old empire. 3200 BCE As I mentioned earlier, Earth was under attack between the Domain and the Old Empire forces during this period. Of course, this does not make any sense to archaeologists or historians on Earth because the Egyptian period is a space opera era period. Since Earth historians have amnesia, they assume that this was only a religious period. Further, because the technology and civilizations installed on Earth during this period were pre-packaged, they did not evolve on Earth. Of course, there is no evidence anywhere on Earth of an evolutionary transition which resulted in sophisticated mathematics, language, writing, religion, architecture, cultural traditions in Egypt, or any of the pyramid civilizations. These cultures complete with all the details of racial body types, hairstyles, facial makeup, rituals, moral codes, and so forth, just appeared as complete integrated packages. The physical evidence suggests that all evidence of the intervention of the domain or the old empire forces or any other extraterrestrial activity has been carefully cleaned up so as not to create suspicion. The old empire force does not want the Isbees of Earth to suspect that they have been captured, transplanted to Earth, and brainwashed. Right, so again, though, <clears throat> right, let's look at this. Again, though, if that is true and is the case... Why did she claim that all of the stuff that we have in our technology and everything that we have now is from the old empire? Our building, our structures, the stuff we call Art Deco, right? All of that that we see as the 20s, 30s, but she, you know, 20s and 30s to the 40s, because she obviously doesn't know anything about any kind of technology past 1947, which is odd. If she, in fact, is from somewhere else where they have all this technology, she should be able to discern the future of the human race as well as the past and the present, but she didn't know anything about the humans until she started reading all of the books and magazines that she had them, which would suggest to me that she's not uh, evolved to the point where she's in a past, present, and future separation point, right? Which is after here. So again, I think she is a 3D person, remote viewing, using this drone, okay? And and that's pure and simple. I think that that's I think that spaceship was set up to be a drone, and there was three people in it, and those th three people have a job to do. She was the pilot, and the other two people did whatever kind of work that they would do, uh, watching the the you know the, the scientific research, and another one watching for enemies and and making sure the malfunctions and the stuff work. Whatever they had, they had a security chief, and they probably had an engineer, and they probably had her. Okay, because that would be the most logical thing to do, and they could be sitting in desks next to each other. So they could talk to each other, literally, okay? And, and they're flying in a drone to go and check out low-level uh, uh, inspection of Earth and check out their technology or whatever. Or they decided that to steal the drones and fly down here just to see what was going on, right? Because she didn't, she didn't check out. The other guys, the, her, you know, the, the, the uh, um, exoskeletons were too badly damaged, so they, they had to go back about their business, right? But she's claiming that they were in there. But they would have to be evolved to be in there, and her intellectual prowess is not evolved. 
And there's no way that you will evolve without that. You can't, right? You can't. You have to, even if you don't have an education, even if you don't learn anything, you still have to learn spirituality or you have to be a mass murderer to evolve one way or the other. Do you understand? So we don't see any tendencies of being her being a murderer yet, but we don't see any tendencies of her being spiritually aware because she, she is an atheist, right? And she's not a good person. All right, so here we go. So Earth historians continue to assume that Egyptian priests were not supposed to have ray guns or other technology of the old empire, and they supposed that there was nothing going on on Earth except some priests walking around saying Amen, which the Christians still say. End of chapter 9, part 2. Please proceed to part 3. I'm just saying that for the people on the MP3 file, so there's not just dead air. <laughs> 3172 BCE, layout of the astronomical grid that joins the key mining sites and astronomical buildings of the gods in the Andes Mountains such as Tijuanaco, Cusco, Quito, the cities of Tumbu, Machu Picchu, and Pachacamac for the mining of rare metals, including tin for use in making bronze. Metals were the property of the gods, of course. Okay, so... Somebody please let me know if you know that there are mining quarries anywhere around those places that were not just the quarries for the rocks that were used to build that. Because if those claims are true, we would have found that out long ago. We would have found that there, well, you know, the city's here and we found this mine five miles away. Uh, but we, there, you don't hear anybody talk about that. And the guys from Ancient Aliens are up there all the time. Right? Are they not talking about that because they're narrative and they're lying and not telling us that that's what this weather well, city is here and it looks like it was right next to this big giant copper mine. Right? So if you were if you were uh, you had that city there because you were a slave because you were supposed to be digging up this stuff there's a mine for that. That means there has to be a hole in the ground somewhere that goes down deep where people and obvious uh, you know obvious to the world that this was a very large operation and they were mining here. You don't hear any of that near any of those sites. I have never in my life heard that about those sites. Okay, so either the, the entire mainstream academics and the mainstream fringe academics, which would be all of us who are investigating that are not uh, actual archaeologists or historians, uh, none of them have said, but here's this site. Now, we found sites like that. We have. There are sites where there's these mines that we can find that people mined out back in the day. And sometimes we've gone, wow, this is a mine from, you know, uh, 3,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago. That we do find, but there's no major Coropolis like they're talking about built near it. Right? None that we're aware of it right now, but there could be. But of the ones that she just mentioned, I don't know of any of those where anyone ever said, well, yeah, it's built next to a mine shaft. That's why they were so prosperous. Never. All the terrain, the, the terrain that's surrounding it, they always show everything that they could find or investigate or, or, or excavate, investigate or, or, or uh, excavate. And then they show that, you know, here's where they were building their crops and this is where they had their animals. And so they show you all this stuff, but no one ever says, oh, and then there was this gold mine over here. Or it was fabled that that was what it was. The only stories are not, they're not being told by the locals. The stories of us being a slave labor race are, are told by scrolls. That, that, and that, then that, that translation of the scroll has come under serious question. So one person, 
Zachariah Stigeon, said that he translated it from the Dead Sea Scrolls, and many other people since then have said, no, he's wrong. Here's the actual translation. And I haven't read that yet, so I'm going to delve into that next. I'm going to go down that rabbit hole so that I can talk about that in comparison with this and the Law of One and all the other things that people are trying to say, you know, well, there's this alien in uh, in um, uh, Close Encounters, or, or, you know, the fourth kind. I didn't call it Close Encounters. The fourth kind, which was Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Uh, in there, that person claimed that they were our, our creator God, and they claimed that was real. Yeah, well, get the DVD, and you can see the scenes where they were filming that was supposed to be the, the scenes from the police camera or the cops camera that they had gotten from the sheriff. They filmed those. You see them actually going, action, and then they do the scene that you were told was a real scene that was filmed on the dash cam. And then they're like, cut, okay, that was great. <laughs> and everybody laughs, they go to the next scene. Okay, so that movie was completely fake. It was based on events that were told like that that happened there. But nobody knows for certain about the recording because they would have played the actual recording and they didn't. That actual recording and everything that you see and all the stuff that was going on was all filmed. So they didn't even have the real person. They claimed that they had that real woman that they were interviewing. That was an actress playing the part. So no one from the people who actually had that happen to them was involved in the making of the film or interviewing during the film. So, so that comes to, for me, that says everything there was Hollywood and they just took an idea and wrote a story around it without, and they didn't show you any proof and they lied and manufactured proof to show you, to tell you that it was true, but got a disclaimer in the beginning by, by Amelia Jovovich and said, we're not claiming anything on this. You have to make up your mind, right? Like the twilight zone or whatever. So that way it takes it away from them and go, well, we told you up front that we're not claiming this is real but we're trying to claim it through the entire movie. A great variety of entrepreneurial mining was done on Earth at that time due to the war between the old empire force and the domain. These miners did carve a few sculptures of themselves. They were seen wearing mining helmets. The Ponce Stella sculpture in the sunken courtyard of the Kalasasaya temple is a crude rendering of a stone worker used that does look – now, this is this is something here again that it does look like that because if you look at what he has in his hands, those look like stone-cutting tools, right? But it's not necessarily that, okay? So I'm not denying either that alien races didn't come down here to do that. <laughs> I'm not saying that the alien races didn't come down here to mine shit, but we weren't created as a slave labor race for them to do it. We're not their slaves. Did they come down here and maybe round up some humans and make them their slaves and do that? That is very possible. That doesn't make them our creator God. It just means that they do what we do. We do that to ourselves. We have throughout history. You show up at a place, you grab the locals, put their asses to work on a whip, whip their asses and make them do your, your fucking work because you don't want to do it. That's what they've done traditionally. So why would these other 3D guys from another planet not come down here and, and act the same way we do? They are us just from, from a different place, right? So I'm not denying that either. There's a lot of this. So I believe that we have had aliens coming and going from this planet for forever until the quarantine locked it down and stopped it. So absolutely. And, and the problem is they were coming down, screwing our women, getting them impregnated. So we do have some alien DNA. But if you look at when it stops, it doesn't go back to the beginning of all of a sudden all of our DNA was here at the same time. Oh, well, that's because different races of you didn't get here until a different time. 
Therefore, that was them rounding up from one place and putting you here, and then and then the Asians from another place, and the blacks from another place, and the, and they happen they just happen to put them in the temporal zone of the planet. There happens to be that temporal zone for them to live in that was like their own temporal zone, right? Well, that's because they creatively made this, and they knew that every race might have prisoners, so they made sure that every well, where's the fire breathers and and where's all that, right? You see, so there's too many holes that can be punched into this stuff too quickly for me to believe that we were created by an alien that did it because we were their slaves. Okay. Even the old scriptures, there's a couple of them in the, in the Gnostic gospels that say the human race was not created by the creator, right? That that came later by a different person below the, the, the creator. And, and that, that they did that because they were trying to be like the creator and they screwed everything up and they made the human race and were, were flawed because of it. And now we're still trying to strive to the one and the one's okay with that. And the one is not mad at us. And the one doesn't uh, try to kill us off all the time because there's too many of us and we're stupid and we don't, we don't know what we're doing. Right. Do you see all those thoughts are egoic. And, and even in the storylines, I see those the egoic thoughts. Uh, and I, and I, and I, I try to see if there's a parable for something else before I take it at face value. Like one God got mad at the other God and wanted to kill the God. Well, doesn't the word God um, say by by you know by the by the word God and what it means that that's an immortal? So then they're obviously not an immortal. So they're no so they're not gods. And that's why people have put all these levels of different kind of godhood, right? I talked to this girl about fractals and I was trying to talk about the one Creator and she was like, "Oh yeah, that one's like eighth run down from the top." I'm like, "No, no, no, no higher than that. Go to the top." Oh, oh, you mean uh, you mean this? And I'm like, no, go go to the top. Go to the first one you have, all the way up, all the way up. And she refused. She wouldn't do that. I'm like, why would you not go to the top? Why would you not go to the beginning of creation so we can talk about that? That's what I'm talking about. I don't care about anything below that. I don't care what you want to call it. Whatever you call that, go to the top when the whole thing first started. That's what I want to talk about. And she never could get there in her mind. She kept going, well, we have to define. No, we don't. No, we don't. There's no definition. Then she was the same one who told me that some infinite things are, are bigger than others. And I'm like, do you understand the word infinity and what it means? <laughs> the word infinite and what it means? By its definition, it has no ending. So you can't have something that's a bigger infinity than something else. Well, that's a small infinity. What? Do you, what, what? Then it's not infinite. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay. So some, some people want to believe things. And that was my point of that. Some people want to believe something so bad, they won't look at it. They just keep saying, la, 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 this is that. I'm not that person, right? I'm not that person. I'm open to anything. And I try to listen because I know that I don't know everything. I know that I know enough to know that I don't know anything. That's Socrates said that. Oh, here we go. Using an electronic light wave emitting stone cutter and carving tools held in a holster. The old empire has also maintained mining operations on planets throughout the galaxy for a very long time. The mineral resources of Earth are now a property of the domain. 2450 BCE, the Great Pyramid. You see how she slipped that in there, dude, at the end, right? You guys, you hear how she slipped that in there? She's she's literally like, you know, uh, yeah, and all these, you guys have all these resources and all that. Oh, by the way, we own that now. And on to the, on the weather. 2450 BCE. Next story. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we own all that. That's ours. And complex of pyramid near Cairo were completed. An inscription created by the old empire administrators can be seen in the so-called pyramid texts. 
Okay, so she just claimed that the pyramids were built 2,600 and something BCE, which would be 4,000 years ago. We know that it dates back to at least 12,000 years, but they didn't know that in 1947. Do you understand what she just did there? That's what I call the verbal Kent. She is giving information claiming that these things were built in a time when we believed they were only built because we didn't think society, the human race, had been here longer than 3,000 years. Do you see? And we had just discovered in the 40s that there was a possibility that we were around, oh, maybe four or 5,000 years ago. And since then to today, we realize it was much further back than that. And they're, or they're to the point now where just a few years ago, they would say 12,000 years. And now they're actually starting to go, well, maybe 24,000 years ago. And now people are saying the pyramids might be 124,000, 25,000 years old. Right? And, or and at the very least, the, the Sphinx. So we're still learning and we're still finding this out. She should know this, but she doesn't. Why? Because she only got this information from the books that she read at the time. And she, so she has no other knowledge. She's telling us our own history here. That's all she's doing. She's telling us the history that we knew in 1947 from the books that she was reading when everybody else was sleeping and she was asking for more and more books. So what she's saying here is just, is just in, my, in my opinion, is, is uh, to, to coin a phrase, is nothing but dick. She's just uh, regurgitating what she read and trying to sound smart. Oh, by the way, this pyramid was built 2,651 years ago. And here's its purpose. And here you can see, knowing you can't read the, the uh, hieroglyphs. I'm not very good at it. I learned it before, but I don't know enough uh, to figure it out. I could, but it would take me a while, right? Because I've, I've learned some of it before. A buddy of mine was teaching me about 30 years ago, right? He was fluent. He could read and write, uh, you know, hieroglyphs, the Egyptian hieroglyphs, modern, right? But she's just giving us the information that we knew at the time. There's nothing here for us. This is just filler, blah, 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 blah. That's what she's doing here. Right? There's nothing here that is of any worth to anyone, and that's her point. That's why she's doing what she's doing. She's not giving the CIA anything except for the runaround. The texts say that the pyramid was built under the direction of Thoth, son of Ptah. Of course, there was never a king buried in the chamber since the pyramids were never intended to be used as a burial chamber. The Great Pyramid was located precisely at the exact center of all land masses of Earth as viewed from space. Obviously, such precise measurements require aerial perspective and a view of the land masses of Earth from space. She's absolutely true. There's the absolute truth with the lies that she's telling. We know that now. And we I don't know if we had figured that out yet in 1947. Right. So so she may I'll give her the benefit of she might have popped off right here with information that we didn't have in 1947, because I haven't researched that to find out in 1947 that we had known because we did have aerial. Uh, and we hadn't gone to space yet, but we we're uh, we flew enough uh, in the air and clocked miles. So we knew how far we were going and we were exploring the whole world in 1947 because we had already discovered it all. So we so we already knew where everything was and it wouldn't be hard. For somebody who knows how big the planet is and how all oh, in the landmass of everything, because we have maps, that map right there was could be circa 1947. Although it's not, because if you look, it's actually a modern day map that that guy used as a prop. Why? Because of the way the um, the uh, countries are right over there now. 
because in 1947, it would have been uh, totally, there's a different landscape in Europe, <laughs> right? Than what you're seeing there now. So Europe has changed and it's different. It's back, it's, it's the way it is now, not the way it was in 1947. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's other places too in, in Africa that are the same that you see here, right? That South Africa is a little bit bigger than what it is now on that map. Um, you know, so you have you have countries that have changed. So that's a modern map that he used, not for 1947. But that's that's just a prop, right? Here we go. Purely mathematical calculations of the geodetic center of the continents of Earth could not be made otherwise. Shafts were constructed inside the pyramid to align the configuration of stars in the constellation of Orion, Canis Majora, and specifically Sirius. The shafts are also aligned to the Big Dipper, where the home planet of the old empire existed. Also, Anatak, Alpha Draconis, and Beta Ursa Minor. These stars are each one of the key systems in the old empire from which Isbes were brought to Earth and dumped as unwanted merchandise. See, now, again, those portals in the pyramid are, in fact, facing those places, right? So this is how some of the what she says, people will go, well, then that, that stands the reason. They must have done that for what the reason that she says. Or, or like Thoth and Ra both say, that that was a warning to the people of the old empire and the new empire basically being the same people, okay? And that this is where they're trying to set themselves up as our savior empire, when truthfully they are the same. And the and those things were set there so that we would pay attention to those. Because here again, they're claim, she claims that there, nothing built was supposed to remind us in any way of where any of us came from. Yet she just said again, contradicted herself and said, oh, but your pyramid, which, which all of this is true, though. The pyramid has the holes that are facing those because that's where all of you came from and you were all rounded up and thrown here. So in 1947, she was telling us what we weren't supposed to know. Right. <clears throat> but as a matter of fact, this is happening on your planet. So that means that people here understood that. And we did. We understood that those things were facing those constellations. We didn't understand why. So she's trying to give us a reason why. Why? Because she's trying to look like, well, I'm your, one of your saviors. We're beating back the old empire. And when we can figure out how to get you guys out of here, we'll do that. Yet the system's breaking down and you guys are all starting to wake up on your own. But Barney Fife is on the job, rest assured, to knock you guys all back into play. So here's another contradiction where she says, you're not supposed to know anything of where you came from. Yet this pyramid that's been sitting around for what we think is more than 25,000 years is telling us that information the entire time right in front of our faces, and no one in the old empire did anything to stop them. Why? Oh, they didn't notice that we built this pyramid that was the biggest thing on the earth and then built other things all around the planet that did the same thing, that pointed to the same stars, right? She's only left out Venus and one other, right? And and tracking the solstice. And But, oh, but wait, no, or don't worry about that because people around the world were doing that anyway. They, were, they had those set up uh, strategically around uh, every continent. Weird that we humans did that when we're so primitive. <laughs> right we're so primitive and we don't know anything why is it that everywhere on on our planet all of our cultures were looking at all the same star systems right was it was there some residual memory well i think we all came from there because we're slaves and we're in jail and and our masters don't notice that everything we're building is telling us we're from these other places and they just leave them there right so maybe barney's sleeping 
<laughs> right? Not a prison. Not a prison like that. This is a, a prison that is supposed to be easily escaped. You're a child. You're a baby soul. Therefore, you can't get out of your crib. Eventually, you figure out how to stand up, lean on the crib. Eventually, you stand, you stand up, you lean on the crib, you grab the top part of the crib, start trying to heave yourself up. Your muscles start developing over the course of a month or two months or three or four. All of a sudden, you're climbing out of the crib. Then you fall down and cry on the other side, and they pick you back up and, and put you back in there. And then you cry some more. And then eventually, you climb out and remember how not to hit your head when you fall down the other side instinctively. Okay? You, you took the tools and the knowledge that you were in a playpen and you wanted to get out of it. You figured out how to get out of it. You adapted yourself. You got out of the situation and you keep getting in trouble when they do that. So then they're going to, they have to do something else with you now. So then they put you in the little buggy. Well, we have to let him, we're trying to make him walk, put him in the little buggy that has wheels on it. So he can't fall over and let him run around the house and develop the strength in his legs, him, him or her. Now you're starting to grow. That's what's happening to your soul in this body. You're a baby soul. You need to learn how to crawl. You need to learn how to climb. You need to learn how to walk. And then you can start running. Right? This is not a prison. We are not a penal colony. It is a playpen. We are children. And we, and we don't even know it. But we do know it. Right? So let's continue with what she's saying. The configuration of all the pyramids of the Giza Plateau was intended to create a mirror image on Earth of the solar system and certain constellations within the old empire. I'm sorry, I didn't see your questions, Denise. You're right. No, did the CIA believe her? Um, I don't know. I, I don't believe they did because they, they knew that she was not giving them. They had to unless they were just stupid, right? They may not have been scholars. So it is possible that, that at the time, the guy sitting there listening could have been sitting there going, what, what, what is this she's saying when you look into that? When you look at, I'm sure that they did that and they tried to comb through it, right? And they also knew, you're right, they knew she read all those books. They gave them to her. She, she requested them. And then when then the next day she'd go, okay, I read those. I need another uh, grouping of books and let me have this kind of stuff or whatever. And so they were giving her all the books. And then she was just regurgitating. I'm sure there was a couple of guys in the CIA that are at least as smart as I am back in 1947. Not. <laughs> right? Not. I look at stuff from 1981 to 1984 with Don, the questioner, uh, in, in the Law of One. And I'm glad to, to say that I have other people who have said the same thing, that, man, I wish I could have uh, been there to conduct that interview because Don just didn't know what the, some of the right questions to ask because he wasn't somebody who was of that mind. He was a nuclear physicist where I stopped with all that stuff and didn't become a nuclear physicist, but I still know more now than he could have known then because of the discoveries that we knew. So I was being taught stuff that he had no idea about back in 1984. Okay. So it's the same with the history and with what she read and what they knew. So there was a limited knowledge and the, the people back then had a completely different mindset about reality and spirituality. There just no, there was none. And in fact, uh, uh, what's her name? The nurse, claimed that she didn't even have any inkling that she might have an immortal soul that she thought that it was just the, the, you know, the, the Pope and, and Jesus and like that, who had an immortal soul. And I, and I was, I can't find anybody who remembers uh, that, you know, to talk to that's older that, to find out if that's the way they taught you back then. Right. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. So Don, yeah, Don was, was limited. Right. And right. And, and you're right, he was. And I think that was because of his 
uh, you know, him being like Sheldon, right? I mean, when you, when you're like a super brain, uh, you're surrounded by people who are other people who are gifted and they become very eccentric. So they become annoying because they don't have the filters. Right. <laughs> and he says, Don was limited, a homophobic bully. He could have been, I never met him. Right. So I don't know about him. I, I, David Wilcock would know because he lived with him. And, you, and, and, you know, I'm sure that you I mean, making that statement, Marcus, I know that you would not make that statement unless you have a backstory to that. So that's why I'm not questioning when you said that. That's why I laughed and said, you're probably right. <laughs> right. Because he probably was. Uh, back then, the mindset of the people. And then he was, that was just 1981 as a scientist. So they were very narrow minded. And then spiritually, they were very narrow minded uh, as well back then. Right. I mean, think of it. That's the truth of that. Uh, so all of the churches spiritually were very homophobic, right? And I knew that you would. That's why I didn't question it. Uh, he said, yes, I do. And in capital letters, capital D for the for the do. I, I knew that because I know you. I mean, we've never actually met in real life, but we've talked, right? Uh, along for a couple of years now. So, uh, so I know your personality, I think, and you wouldn't say something like that, claimless. Um, and you're, you're more than likely 100% right. Okay, stories from Carla. Okay, okay, see? I, and there's, you know, so that means you've, uh, you've researched the stuff that I haven't yet afterwards and, and you might've actually talked to her. Um, that's very possible because she was alive until 2015. And, and so I think it was then 2015, it was either 2015 or 2016 when she finally uh, passed. So it's very possible that, that, yeah, you, that, that Carla would be telling those stories and, and it could be true. He probably was that way. So um, I wouldn't doubt it because she wouldn't claim that she was married to him. She wouldn't claim that unless, you know, he was a, an estranged husband or something, but you know, that's not the case. I mean, he, he was dead, but that's not the case. So yeah. So the mindset of people back then were completely different. And the military was, you know, don't ask, don't tell back then, uh, homophobic uh, to no end of most of our society was, <clears throat> which means they were also, you know, not as spiritually awake or, or open. Otherwise they would not be like that. Right. Friends in Louisville knew Carla. Okay. Yeah. David Wilcox stories too. Yeah. Right. Cause David lived with them for like three years. Uh, so he, so he would have had that, he would have seen that personality trait. Uh, and I don't know that he said it. I'm, he may have said it as well. Right. Cause I don't watch everything that, that David uh, says, cause he's posts shit like I do all the time. <laughs> we just don't have time. I'm doing the work. He's doing the work, but we don't have time to cross reference each other very much. <laughs> right. Everybody's like that in this industry. It's like that we're all so busy. We're not watching what other people are doing, our friends and stuff. We go, oh, they're on right now. Let me check them out. You know, and then you sit there listening to the same stuff that you would be saying, you know, and it's kind of funny. So we are all uh, reflections of each other in, in that respect. Okay, so let's continue with what she's saying here. Empire. 2181 BCE. Nin became the god of fertility in Egypt. The Isbi, also known as Pan, was also a Greek god. Min, or Pan, was an Isbi who somehow managed to escape from the old empire amnesia system. 2160 to 2040 BCE. One of the results of the intensifying battle between the domain forces and the old empire forces. See, now I want to say this. If she's claiming that, I'm going to look into uh, a little bit more of that, right? I know about Pan being, being um, European, especially Western European. We were butted right up against the Greeks for a long time and the Romans. So we had communication, and Pan was uh, part of the pantheon that made it into the Celtic uh, folklore. A lot of the gods did from the Vikings and the Romans and the Greeks because that was the cultures that were or surrounding us at the time, right? Because we were Southern Vikings, still are. So because of that, we had a, more of an integration. The guys in the North were pretty close to sticking to their story because it was all just that. And as we went South, we started getting in contact with uh, the Greeks and the Romans, right? So because of that, the cultural exchange, just like when the, 
when the Greeks went back east, uh, when when Alexander uh, spread out and conquered the known uh, world at the time, uh, his re- religious uh, uh, and spiritual practices uh, picked up some of the um, the Saracen uh, practices, and the same thing happened to the to the Christian knights who were fighting in the wars. They were living amongst Saracens, that would be you know Arabs and and uh, people that were you know uh, going east, Mongolians and uh, all of that. <clears throat> and you see the evolution of the of the um, the spirituality and the god pantheons, and that's when you start to see. Um, the differences in the same story being told with a different person as the name, like Thoth in Egypt and Jesus in uh, in um, the lower, you know, uh, uh, you know, around Jerusalem in that area of the Middle East. But then when you head further east, you get <clears throat> you get to Marduk instead of the instead of the Jesus story in Mesopotamia and and uh, so forth, and then it becomes Gilgamesh at one point and others in different places around there. And, but the storyline is still the same. It's just the character's name. That is the Jesus effect uh, is just changed. And then the same goes for the God. You, you know, you look at, um, you look at the, the Viking gods, you know, you have, uh, you have uh, Thor and you have his father Odin, but here's their switch where Odin, the, the all father is now the wise one. Right. And the counselor where, uh, you know, where, uh, in the Christian or Judeo-Christian version of that, the the Jesus character was the was the wise one of the wisdom, right? But beyond that was a wisdom that we can't tap into yet uh, of the one that we don't get to know until we're back to the one, and that's very clear in that pantheon's uh, uh, dynamic. And and they also changed <clears throat> Tiamat, the dragon that had to be slain. Um, was you know in in the Arthur legend was his sister cre- having sex with him and creating the the uh, antagonist that was trying to kill him. Um, so so uh, so the the antagonist becomes the the serpent, and it's a human. It's a man, not a female. Instead of being his mother, it turns out to be his son brother. Instead of his mother sister, it's his son brother. Um, so they changed the masculine for the feminine in a few places, but the story is actually still the same. Most people don't see that. And so they try to think that that the story was based on like Jesus's story was based on the Mesopotamian story. It's not based on that. It's the same story. It's not based on it at all. It's the exact same story. They just changed a few things to fit the people and their beliefs at that place. Same thing with all across the entire world. And I'm discovering that the more I read all these dusty tomes. Right. So there so there is some truth to what she's saying here, but it's not how she's saying it. Again, she's mixing in these are your slave labor um, people. Right. Uh, that that are, are stupid and left shit behind that you're not supposed to be seeing. <laughs> right. But I'm, she's still saying you're pathetic, weak and stuck. Was, was that the control of the divine rulers was broken at this time. They finally left Egypt and returned to the heavens, so to speak, in defeat. Human beings took over the ruling role as pharaohs. The first human pharaoh moved the capital city of... Here she gets this idea from um, pre-dynastic Egypt and post-dynastic Egypt. She's claiming that the pre-dynastic Egypt was the old world, old empire ruling over Egypt. And then the post-dynastic was when they, for some reason, left and now she's also claiming that Pan uh, and uh, who's the other one, Min, were also awake 
is bees that escaped and then they stayed here on earth and what ruled as a god and then they left as well so so now now that could be possible and we have no way of proving that so i'll give her the benefit of the doubt with that because we're still trying to figure out uh you know the 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 um the hindu indians also have god-like characters in their uh, uh edicts that we're now starting to realize might have actually been real aliens that lived here, real people who lived here and acted like they were gods and said they were gods. So the, again, aliens that came here. So I don't doubt that her, what her reasoning is here. And that's why I thought that interesting about Pan. I'm going to look into that because that's very possible that they did do that and they ruled here. And then we had the war of the gods. We have that showing in history. So there's a very good possibility that there was people that came down here. It'd be no different than when we showed up in Hawaii the first time. Right or any other place where there was Aborigines, I, we talked about this before. You, they, we are humans in this in this mindset. Of course, they're going to give us their women. Yeah, oh my God, let me have that little girl, that little girl, and your wife. Right, and that's what they did. They did that all the way up to now, and now there's nowhere that hasn't seen anybody. So nobody thinks you're a god anymore unless you live in North Korea, and then you think that Kim Jong, whatever his fat name is, you know, I'm, I'm fat shaming him, and I'm fat. Only fat people can fat shame. That's like black people can call you the N-word, but they can call each other that, but you can't, right? So it's okay to do that. So since I'm fat, I can call him fat. <laughs> Anyways, so, but he claims, and in in his whole family has claimed that they're gods. Well, if you're gods, why do you keep dying? I'd be asking that question. But if you do, they kill you. <laughs> so you can't ask, well, how come you got old and died then if you're a god? I decided to let my son rule for a while, and now I'm going back to heaven if they buy it, right? Of Egypt from Memphis to Heracleopolis, 1500 BCE. This is the date for the destruction of Atlantis, given by the Egyptian high priest Synopsis of Heliopolis and Sonchus of Sais to the Greek sage Solon. The priest. Yeah, I was just going to say. Now wait a minute. She's just talking about a Greek palace, right? And I'm like, why did she say that it was a, a, a priest? And then I went, okay, she's. I thought she was still in in. Um, Egypt. I'm like, why would there be an Egyptian priest in a in a, a palace that is um, that is named something with an opolis at the end of it? That's Greek. <laughs> and then she said in the Greek uh, uh, thing, and I was like, okay, all right. So for a second, I was I just got lost there and went well, out of my mind. What? That is wrong. Wrong place. And then I realized she was saying the Mediterranean area. There we go. So the new recorded that the Mediterranean area was invaded by Atlantean people about this time. Of course, these people were not from the ancient continent of Atlanta and the Atlantic Ocean, which existed more than 70,000 years earlier. These were refugees from the Minoan civilization on Crete, escaping from the volcanic eruption and tidal waves of Mount Thera that destroyed their civilization. That actually destroyed most of the civilization on Earth and almost killed the entire population of the planet that volcano she's referring to that was 70,000 years ago. Uh, Stephen and Evan Strong from Australia did a, a, a whole entire segment on that. And in fact, I had that, uh, them on my show twice talking about that. So you could watch my show when they were talking about they're out of Australia because everybody says that the DNA of the human race started in Africa, um, yet I don't have any African DNA in me. They don't either. And most people in Europe don't either. So maybe prior to that 70,000 year uh, time when that volcano exploded, that's very possible. But since then, they found that there was a, a down in you know Madagascar, South Africa, Australia, and up in the north, uh, Norway and Finland, 
that those three places had humans that did that didn't die during that because they were too far to the south and north of the equator uh and so they didn't they didn't have as much of the stuff happen to them they all didn't die and they survived since then everybody has now repopulated the earth from those three um people okay but (laughs) that's but that and and well and that can be proven and they proved it so if you want to look up the out of australia um series by stephen and evan strong you'll find their research that they did a few years ago where they what she's talking about right there is is true and and uh, the um possibility of the atlanteans being not a race from space is very possible because people don't even know about the like the phoenicians and the minoans they don't know very much about those people at all and they were far more advanced than any other uh people until roman and greek times on this planet which was seventy thousand years later so we believe that was the end of a cycle where they um when i say we i mean we in the academic world and the and the uh, fringe academic world believe that that just like the in the indians in the in the at the time when the when the um vedic texts were written or written about that that civilization w- was there as well in the in the uh the uh, indians did did die off but they're so close to australia that the um their religion still didn't they picked up kind of right where they left off when they got back and started occupying India. So, <clears throat> so that's why their culture seems to be one of the older cultures uh, uh, that survived on the planet uh, because they were already writing stuff down. They had oral traditions and writing stuff down and other places didn't. The Vikings at that time did not and neither did the Africans, right? So it looks like their culture is older only because they remember cultures that happened prior to this time. And when I believe that. I believe that the Phoenicians and the Minoans were from that time prior. <clears throat> and things do change, but I mean, look at Pompeii, for instance, right? That entire culture didn't die off because Pompeii killed off all those people because it didn't reach the entire planet. It wasn't a global killing event. Whereas that right there was a global killing event. Uh, so it almost killed us off the human race completely. So here we go. Plato's references to Atlantis were borrowed from the writings of the Greek philosopher Solon, who was given the information by the Egyptian priest who called Atlantis Kepchu, which also happens to be the Egyptian name for the people of Crete. Some of the survivors of the Minoan volcanic disaster asked Egypt for help since they were the only other civilization with high culture in the Mediterranean area at the time. 1351 BCE to 1337 BCE. The Domain Expeditionary Force actively waged a war of religious conquest against the Egyptian mystery cult called the Priest of Amun, also known as the Old Empire Brothers of the Serpent. During this time, the Pharaoh Akhen... See, so, again, I want to point out that she's claiming that in this prison that we're in, we're not supposed to have any knowledge of the existing cultures because we would remember them and start to wake up. However, here again, she's claiming that these people knew that it was a cult from the old empire, right? And there was this religious war going on. And now she's claiming that it might've had something to do with some gods uh, who were down here fighting. But the point is that's still there in our memory. She knows that she read it in a book that she's talking about right now. We knew this information in 1947. We just didn't see the whole God 
thing that she's talking about. People didn't want to believe that back then. So even though it was right there in front of your face, you're not going to take that information in because your boss who's paying you money, the academic world isn't paying you to talk about aliens, isn't paying you to talk about the real history of Earth. They're paying you to talk about finding artifacts that they can put in a museum and charge people money to see. That's the truth of it. Or that they can get more tenure at their college and the college is paying for all this and they're using these expeditions to get paid even more and they have to have results. Therefore, they're result-oriented, they're money-oriented, and they're not artifact or truth-oriented. They're artifact-oriented, but they're not truth-oriented. So this information is there if you have the mind to see it, right? We, wrote, we read that now and, and see it. But back then, they didn't want to see it, and that's what they've been fighting against. They, when I say that, I should say we. The fringe academic world has been fighting against that version of history, or not at fighting at that, but fighting for that version of history to be acknowledged. It's right there. It's written in their history books. Don't go past it and say, no, that's just something they made up. And then we've been doing that for, you know, 150, 200 years or more. It's just been in the late you know, 21st century or the early 21st century that people are actually starting to pay attention and go, Hey, you know, that's look, it's right there. Yeah. Hello. Not then abolish the priesthood of, but again, I say, if that's the case, why did they let that information still be here? Oh, it's okay. They don't know. They can't read it anyways. One inept guard, Barney Fife, what they're not going to pick up the book and teach themselves how to read it. I don't know. I don't read it. See what I'm saying? It's still unlikely. It just becomes more and more unlikely that this is a penal colony or that we were created by aliens to do slave labor shit. They might have come here and rounded us up, like I said before, and made us slaves, but they didn't create us. And this is not a penal colony that they created. This is a penal colony that we created because we're little teeny babies and we're in a playpen. Amun and moved the capital of Egypt from Thebes to the new location at Amarna at the exact geodetic center of Egypt. However, this plot to overthrow the old empire religious control was quickly spoiled. 1193 BCE. In the Near East, Archaea, the Greeks and Trojans fought for supremacy, which ended in the destruction of Troy as the finale of the Trojan War. During the same time, war was being fought out in the space of the solar system between two forces for control of the space stations surrounding Earth. That period of 300 years was a very violent resistance to the domain forces by the remnants of the old empire forces. It did not last long, however, as it is futile to resist the domain. Ooh, there they went. Borg-like. There she went. Resistance is futile. See that? Nice. Okay, so <clears throat> what she's saying, though, the timeline of what she's saying coincides with all the known records that we have on Earth of the War of the Gods, from Germany, from uh, Norway, from Sweden, Finland, all the way down to Australia, all the way into Africa, India, everywhere in, in everywhere on the planet that people were writing shit down. <clears throat> so there's there, that's probably some truth, right? Again, that's probably truth. That probably really happened the way she said it's happening. That still doesn't mean that we are separate, a penal colony. It does not mean that. It just means that those events took place. So, yeah, why not? That could happen, right? That could be true. What she's saying there could be 100% true, and that's what we think actually happened. We actually do think that now. In 1947, they would have never, ever even, they would have said, what? This woman is completely making this up. Or they were smart enough to go, what? Wait a minute. Maybe we should look into this. 
we can't tell anybody about that because it's aliens again. So I think the government, to get back to Denise's question earlier, I think it was Denise that asked that. It was one of you guys. I'll have to look in the chat. I apologize. It was either Melissa or Denise, I think, that said, do you think, oh, it was Denise right here. I just found it. Did the, the, the CIA believe her? I think they, if they were smart, again, if they were smart, they would have said, what? We need to look into that. She said that there was aliens here. And that. so that would have intrigued them because it was a, a battle for the gods. And they would have wanted to go out and look for wreckage, any kind of technology that would prove that, that they could find. Right. So they wouldn't tell anybody that, again, would not be disclosed. Right. So but I think that they're smart enough then if if what I also know is that we had space flight in 1938, at least the Nazis did. And then eventually we had the spaceships when the Fourth Reich took over after they lost the physical war. They took over from within the whole planet. Then then we had spaceships. So all of that stuff that was being told then by her, they would have really wanted to, to hone in on that. The only thing they're looking for in her conversation is this kind of intrigue. So she had to throw this stuff in there. And it's good that she did, because here you are, 1947, this woman is saying in 1947 what we're trying to prove that we believe happened now, right? So either this person is really, really, really far more awake than anybody knows in 1947, and she's just about as awake as we are now, which would give her a little bit more technological advancement and education, again, though, not proving in my mind that she's from anywhere other than the third dimension or possibly the fourth. Right. She's definitely not around for she says she's been around for like, would she say 12 trillion millennia? That is not the wisdom of a 12 trillion millennia person who's been around the universe unless they're stuck in an evil place in purgatory where they can't get out of it. And she hasn't changed her mind yet and become in service to others. Right. Or maybe, Leo, everything that you're saying that everybody claims how the universe works is bunk and her version is how the universe works. Well, if that's the case, then we might as well not do anything. Because if that's the case, her version of the universe operates exactly the way we operate here on Earth and have forever. So that would suggest that nothing ever changes, right? So we get technological advances, but we're still stabbing each other in the back, invading countries, keeping people prisoner and, and, and for the same reasons that we do it now politically because they speak out and they're free, they're free thinkers and, they, and they're poets and they're writers and, and they're uh, people like me who, who, uh, who talk to people and educate people and not complying with their slave labor ideology and clamping down as a monarchy or a fascist or a communistic uh, country. Are you trying to tell me that if I'm around for 12 trillion trillion millennia, <clears throat> that it's still going to be the exact same. I'm not playing then. I'm going to be a homeless bum. There's no reason for me to do anything because nothing ever is going to change no matter what you do. So since I know that that's not true, because if that were the case, I would be the exact same person today right now that I was when I was born or that I was when I learned the language and could formulate thoughts. And I am not. I have evolved as a soul and spirit many, many times over from who I was then. So the fact that what I've witnessed on this planet and the progression that everyone makes and is going through would tell me that she should be far more spiritually advanced than she is claiming to be if she was anywhere near from that place, like she said. Anywhere past here. And she's not. Oh, but maybe she's pretending. People who, not very many people want to 
vibrate at this low level by choice if they're from a higher plane because it's kind of icky. <laughs> if you're in your 50s, I don't care what age you are, right now, whatever age you are, if somebody said, hey, listen, I need you to do me a favor, you have to regress down to the goo goo gaga baby and go and communicate with this one soul um, and tell, tell them a bedtime story because only you can do it. But you have to dumb yourself down to a baby and still communicate. And then remember and hold yourself true to who you are to know that you're not that baby. So when you're done and the baby falls asleep, then you can then rise back up to the level that you're at now. Not very many souls are going to want to tempt that. And she's just doing it because she crash landed her ship. Not buying it. Okay. Not buying it. So she's not who she says she is, at least in stature, right? So let's continue. 850 BCE, Homer, the blind Greek poet, wrote... Well, she did. He said, let me say this for the people with the MP3 file, um, or the people that are actually, I realize now that some of you guys can't see the uh, chat with the other people talking, depending on where you are, like the YouTube people. You guys can't see the words from the Facebook people. I didn't realize that until Miguel was there. If you're not actually watching... Um, both chats, at least that's what it seemed like. Anyway, so she said she wasted a lot of everyone's time in a way, but it's also interesting. Well, she did. I think that, I think she was toying with them. I think she, she was also curious. So she wanted to find out about Earth because she didn't know anything about Earth before she got here. That's evident. Okay, so um, I think that she is toying with them because she feels that she's superior in some way. That's why I don't think that she's a 3D uh, person. I think she is a 4D a person and she's crossed over the dimensions, but I think that she's sitting in an office building somewhere working and, um, and she's controlling this, this avatar, right? This exoskeleton. So she's, she's a drone pilot and they got her on recon because she's still alive. And so, you know, so they said, well, then stay there and get some recon. And that's what she's doing. She's reading all the books, trying to figure out what's going on and yada, yada, yada. Cause she did say that she's still connected with her base and her bosses. Right. So, I think that's what's going on there. So, yeah, she is wasting a lot of time, but she's also learning a lot about the human race, right? And then if, in fact, they're trying to conquer us, she has to paint one of two narratives. She either has to continue with the narrative of you're a slave labor race created to mine stuff, or she has to say you're in a penal colony locked away by these people, but we're your saviors. So you can worship us as your gods because we're going to save you and it's going to be completely because of us. So we'll come back at some point and save you, but it's obviously going to be at the detriment of our, our freedoms. Same thing with a COVID shot right now. Do you understand? So those are the two narratives she has to paint. So because she is trying to paint one of those narratives, she's actually trying to paint both, right? So because she's trying to paint those, it still allows her to say, oh, but that was not us. We've, we've just recently got here and we've been fighting against those people who are doing that to you. But she doesn't say, we'll get you out of this. But we have no idea how to get you out of this. So we're going to come back when we can figure it out. Wait a minute. You've been around for 12 trillion, 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 bazillion, gazillion years and you can't figure out how to open a fucking door to a prison? That tells me you don't know how. You just said that. I don't know how. We don't know how. That's wrong because you should know how. You told us how the whole system was set up on the outside. You know where those screens are. Knock them the fuck down. You see my point here? 
we know that there's screens set up out here where they catch you. We know where they are, so we don't run into them. Well, when it, you, you can't knock them down? Can't disrupt those? Right? But see, she's not allowing questions. What kind of screens? Where are they located? She's not allowing any of that. See my point? So she's, she's being very limited with the information that she's giving us. She's definitely military. I can hear it in her voice. I can smell it in her words. Right? She's giving military answers. Find out everything you can about their resources, their troops, where their movements are, their history. Give them nothing of us. And that's exactly what she's doing. She's, she's very military. The stories, the gods, as borrowed and modified from earlier sources in the Vedic texts, Sumerian texts, Babylonian and Egyptian mythology. His poems, as well as many other myths of the ancient world, are very accurate descriptions of the exploits of Isbis on Earth who were able to avoid the old empire amnesia operation and operate without biological bodies. 700 BCE, the Vedic hymns were first translated in the Greek language. This was the beginning of a cultural revolution in Western civilization that transformed crude and brutal tribal cultures into democratic republics based on more reasonable conduct. 638 to 559 BCE, Solon, a wise man from Greece, reported the existence of Atlantis. This was information he received from the old empire high priest Synopsis of Heliopolis and Sanchez of Sais, with whom he studied in Egypt. 630 B.C. See, again, <clears throat> the blending <clears throat> of different ideologies, right? Peter, welcome, buddy. <clears throat> again, the, bl the blending of different ideologies because of the discovery of these texts, right? And their interpretation of them, and they also were changing the things, just like I said earlier, to fit the gods that they had already invented, right? <clears throat> the, the Catholic Church did the same thing when they were conquering the Celts, right, and conquering the North. They created Christmas and said that that was, you know, Christmas, Christ, Mass, and said that was when uh, their god, uh, and Pan was that way, uh, and the, the green man was that way. They would die, and they would, and that was the the cycle the cycle of the world uh, and the seasons, and uh, all life would disappear because it was fall and winter. And when winter was here, then you had to have that time in winter that would come around before spring, and and that was when the god would would have sex with his wife mother, and uh, give birth to his self again. Uh, so he's not really giving birth to his son brother; he's giving birth to himself. He's going to die, go into the body, and be reborn. Uh, and then he comes back and does the same thing all over again. So, so that's the cyclical nature of our planet. And um, they changed all of their storylines uh, to fit the same exact example so that they could say our Jesus died on the cross and was reborn. And um, that happens at the same time that your God does. But, but see, they, then they separated it and they had to say, well, hold on now. Um, the creation would have to be the 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 uh, Easter story. So they had him die and resurrected three days later. That's the day, uh, the Easter story. That's the the fertility from Pan, the fertility from the green man in those pantheons that they were trying to uh, uh, convert. But yet you have this uh, Santa Claus character, which was also up in the north. And what is this the Santa Claus character? Because different names in different countries, and he also wears different coloring garb in different countries. For instance, France, he was wore yellow instead 
instead of the red and the white. Uh, and uh, and then it was Germany wore the green or somewhere over there wore the, wore the green because it was those people had this green man uh, still involved uh, with them, which was Pan, uh, another version of Pan, which came from the Greek uh, ideology. <clears throat> so then you go further north and but they had to explain what that was in the winter solstice and uh what happened then so then they created different things and had them on those days like like halloween all hollows eve right halloween uh what does that have to do with the day of the dead which is the next day right well the 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 religious uh, verver coming from the south trying to co co you know to convert these people had to say well um it's it's the 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 day after Halloween, that's when the veil is thin and, and everybody crosses over and ghosts and goblins and ghouls. Uh, and then they're all locked away. And then that next day is when we worship all of our dead relatives because we were able to be closer to them last night <clears throat> than any other time of the year. And that's the, that's the solstice. And that's how they're trying to explain how the religion of the, that Catholic religion at the time, the Christian religion, um, to show them, look, your gods are my gods, and we're all the same. So they changed when Jesus was born to December, uh, and then they and then they changed a bunch of other things. When he died, became Easter. Uh, you know, and uh, Easter only takes place in the Northern Hemisphere, which is odd because that was, he was not born in the Northern Hemisphere and didn't live in the Northern Hemisphere of the planet. So there wouldn't have been that ceremony at the time. So how would that ceremony coincide with the ceremony that those guys invented with the religion that's older than the Jesus religion? Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Look over here. That's what the Catholics told them. It's still the same God. So our, your Jesus, our Jesus is the same as your God Pan or your God, the green man, and that and that he is in charge of all the fertility and gives life. Oh, and then there's the sun worshipers. And he see, this is Jesus is the sun. He's the son of God. And so for those of you who are worshiping the sun, you're worshiping Jesus. And that's the same, you see. Uh, and it is truly in the stories, <laughs> the same, right? It is actually. They just, the name Jesus was the name the Hebrews gave for that character that was in that part. That's a bigger story that I'm going to have to unpack. And I keep telling you guys about it. I'm going to have to unpack it and show you guys in a video. All right, here we go. E. Zoroaster created religious practices in Persia around an isbi called Ahura Mazda. This was yet another of the growing number of monotheistic gods put in place by operatives of the domain to displace a panoply of old empire gods. 604B. Wait, wait, what did she just say? Hold on a second. Zoroaster created religious practices in Persia around, around the isbi called Ahura Mazda. This was yet another growing number of monotheistic gods put in place by operatives of the domain to displace a, a, a panoply of old empire gods. So the old empire itself, there's people in the old empire that were against the old empire. I didn't catch that before. Operatives of the old empire sabotaging the old empire. See, now that's a good sign because that shows that even, you know, even at that time that people were still in service to others and in service to self. So you had some people that disagreed with their own laws and they were trying to help the people. But she claims they were trying to confuse us. But she just said it right there. Displace a panoply of the old empire gods. That was an attempt to displace. Let's continue. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Peter had made a comment about when I was talking about that. Let me put that up there. Peter said, in Celtic history, it's called Hallow's Eve, right? And I, that's why I had said it that way. Uh, All Hallow's Eve, right? It's not a Hallow's Eve instead of Halloween, right? The day after Halloween is called uh, is called All Hallow's Eve, right? The day after Halloween is called All Hallow's Eve. Now, everybody in the in the Christian community, when and I'm, I'm thank you, Peter, for for pointing that out, because in Western Christian ideology or Western uh, um, uh, ideology of the language, the eve of something means prior to, it means the night before, to us. Right. But it does. But see, now he's he's showing that there that it doesn't. He's and he's Irish. He lives in Ireland, grew up there. So he's a Celt. So he knows <laughs> he knows their their history. Right. I mean, I'm a Celt, too. But I, I, and I was raised very European, but I, I was unaware of that fact as well until he just said that. So so the day after was called Hollow's Eve. The day the day after Halloween is called All Hollow's Eve. But also it's it comes back to. Um, this this planet and the protection their loved ones and and uh, all souls day right and that's that's where where like I was talking about the veil being so thin that uh, there's a crossover between both sides and that means includes good and evil and that's why the kids dress up in costumes and run around and go door to door because they're trying to confuse the evil spirits not to try and occupy or possess a household or poltergeist the household or or uh, the children or, or whatever because as they're flying over and trying to find a town to go and haunt and settle in they see oh crap there's a bunch of ghosts and goblins already here this place is packed all right let's move on to the next one and you party all night long and so when the light comes in the morning comes up, then they're all stuck and have to go back to the other side. And that's what he was talking about with protection, uh, uh, you know, back to this planet and protection, their, their loved ones and all souls day. Right. So they had to change their shit to mimic that so that they can in, implement the indoctrination that they were trying to, to convert them to Christianity. And they did, <laughs> and they, they did change their stuff. And they eventually, um, St. Patrick, they, you know, they drove the snakes out of Ireland. It was the serpent. Uh, it was again the serpent uh, um, gods. Uh, again, it was the the um, the pagan. Uh, everything that, that was was pagan is, means that it's non-Christian. And the the serpent came symbolic with with paganism, and that they called the serpent the devil. So therefore, everything that was not Christianity was of the serpent. Do you see? Or anything that was against what they believed in was the devil, and that's what they told you. BCE, Lao Zhi, a philosopher who wrote a small book called The Way, was an Isbi of great wisdom who overcame the effects. You know, this is funny. I'm going to have to look into him because he wrote a book called The Way, and I didn't know that, and I'm writing a book called The Way. <laughs> I'm going to have to read his book, and then people will say, you just copied him from 10,000 years ago, whenever it was that he wrote it, she just said of the old empire amnesia hypnosis machinery and escaped from earth his understanding of the nature of an isbi must have been very good to accomplish this according to the common legend his last lifetime as a human was lived in a small village in china he contemplated the existence of his own life like guatama siddhartha he confronted his own thoughts and past lives in doing so, he recovered some of his own memory, ability, and immortality. See, like, like, <clears throat> but Peter said uh, the Arctic banished. I think the, my he said Arctic banished all the the feminine women and men feminists uh, was called trick. So trick or treat. Do you see? You see what he's saying? So yeah. 
Right. So, right. So they did the, the banishing and then, the, you know, it, it, right. So, and that, and that's where you get that trick or treat that came from. People don't understand that, that there's actually a, a whole, that's a whole thing. It wasn't just kids saying trick or treat and you give them candy because it was an all, it was a, it was a one thing or the other. They were telling you either give me the candy or, or I, you know, uh, uh, would, you know, do something, trick, pull the trick, banish, you know, whatever. Um, shame, you know, shame you, whatever, right? As an old man, he decided to leave the village and go to the forest to depart the body. The village gatekeeper stopped him and begged him to write down his personal philosophy before leaving. Here is a small piece of the advice he gave about the way he rediscovered his own spirit. He who looks will not see it. He who listens will not hear it. He who gropes will not grasp it. The formless non-entity, the motionless source of motion, the infinite essence of the spirit is the source of life. Spirit is self. Walls form and support a room, yet the space between them is most important. A pot is formed of clay, yet the space formed therein is most useful. Action is caused by the force of nothing on something, just as the nothing of spirit is the source of all form. One suffers great afflictions because one has a body. Without a body, what afflictions could one suffer? When one cares more for the body than for his own spirit, one becomes the body and loses the way of the spirit. The self, the spirit, creates illusion. The delusion of man is that reality is not an illusion. One who creates illusions and makes them more real than reality follows the path of the spirit and finds the way of heaven. Bye. Well, that's, that's actually very, very awake, <laughs> right? You guys should go back and reread that again and really pay attention to it. As I'm listening to that, I was like, yeah, of course he's, he was able to escape. He was, he was awake, very, very awake. So if you don't understand 100% of what you just read or what, what he just read to us in what the, uh, what the man said, um, yeah, of course he was ready to escape and escape right after that because he is awake enough to graduate. He is, he is an adult. He does not need to learn anything more. He has learned everything. He had the key. He found the key, he found the, the door and he opened the door. And before he left, he literally gave as fast and short an, as an analogy on how to do that. And that literally right there is the secret. <laughs> that is the way. That is the way. What he just said is the way. And the conceptual ideology he was showing you in the parables about the walls building a room, but the uh, what is inside is most important and the pot and the what is inside is the most important. He's trying to tell you that, that, that that's a representation of you looking into your soul. That the, the inside is more important than the container. The container is there to contain something. But what's in that container is the most important thing. Your body is only here for your, it's an avatar for to contain your soul. What's in that is more important and should be to you than the body itself. But you need to take care of the body. So you have to take care of the body as well. Otherwise, you won't be able to have the, the tools or the understanding 
if you just abuse your body, then you will have nothing but affliction so that you will be so preoccupied with the body that you won't be able to soak, to focus on your soul. So you have to take care of your mind, your body and your soul all at one. And once you do that, your body reacts to that and you have everything lined up. It becomes easier and simpler for you to focus on you on the inside, but you have to be able to, to, to take care of the pain body and the, and the psycho mind. You have to be able to, to control uh, and, and dominate the ego, not really dominate it, but um, get to a point where you don't need it. And that surrenders, um, you know, it surrenders the ego to you. The ego then surrenders to you and starts becoming less and less uh, worth in your daily day activity because you're now growing and you're, you're going past the ego because you're becoming an adult soul. Do you understand? So yeah, I would suggest go back and reread that a few times because that's really all you need to know. That is, he gave he gave everyone the tools in that little last thing that he said to the gatekeeper before he was leaving the city. Here, <laughs> it's the secret to going to heaven. Not a joke. That's badass. I might start quoting that because <laughs> that is the, all of that right there. So it's, it's, I couldn't sum that up better. I could not tell you that better with using that few words. I don't have it in me. I'm a storyteller. I would go on longer like I just did. 593 BCE, the Genesis story written by the Jewish people, described angels or sons of God mating with women of earth who bore them children. These were probably renegades from the old empire. They may also have been space pirates or merchants from a system outside the galaxy who came to steal mineral resources or smuggle drugs. Yeah, most more likely, yeah. She's probably right. So she goes from this, from this epiphany of here's how you actually, you, you dumbasses here can ascend. So here's where, why would she tell us this stuff? Right? Why would she tell us this stuff? So I think in some ways, I think she's actually trying to help us. The more I get into this, the more I see her being pissy. Either she can't help herself or she needs this little tidbits to help, to, to help people keep continuing to listen to her bullshit. And I don't think that's the truth. I don't think she was actually, um, I think she's trying to help us in some ways, whether she knows it or not, because that's what she's doing. She literally gave us the key right there. And only somebody who has the knowledge to understand what that key is and, and what that key represents. And then she gave us the gate. You had the key and the door, right? That is the key and the door to the, the first part of this puzzle to get out of the panic room. Literally. To get off this rock, all you need to know is what she just said and understand that. 100%. Then she just jumps right back into, into, oh yeah, and then you guys were plundered by a bunch of smugglers and drug dealers, and which I wouldn't doubt. It's 3D. That's what we do on this planet. Why would it be something that's not being done on, off this planet? Because the people that are in the three, third dimension are exactly like we are here on this planet. Because that's what it means to be. They're all baby souls growing up. And they have to become adults before they can graduate. So there's just us from someplace else. They may not look exactly human. They might be lizard people. They might be, uh, you know, gray aliens. They might be anything that we haven't imagined of all the different aliens that we claim that we've uh, met and seen. Yes, could be anyone in all of those. So again, she's telling some more truth here. But why? Why? To what end? She's telling us, oh, and they came down and they slept with your with your women. Well, we already know that. Well, that was we've been evident from not from her telling us that. We have that information here that the ancient aliens guys discovered then not reading this that she told them. We already know all that because it's been written all over in history. So she's again, she's just regurgitating history to us and trying to sound smart. But that one where she quoted that book, The Way, 
that was very awake. And she may not realize that. That's a possibility. And if that's the case, she's saying, look, this guy was wise and this is what he said. Knowing that people in 1947 would have no idea what that meant, that could have been her with another joke. I'm going to literally show them the keys and the door to this panic room they're stuck in while I'm laughing at them, making them thinking that they're in an unescapable prison as a penal colony. So it depends on what was on her mind, right? But it's there. So again, that which is being corrupted, like the churches, if you look in the right places, you can still, they must give you some truth to their lies. So they put things, and evil people love to put things blatantly in your face knowing you don't see it. All the politicians do it. All the people on this planet that are corporate heads, all these people that are evil, that are in charge of all these companies, they do it right in front of your face and they laugh knowing that you don't know it. I know that because I see most of what they do and say and I have for most of my life. And I know that people around me never get it and I show it to them. And then when I show it to them, they go, wait a minute, that's kind of crazy. And now it's because they're ready to look at it. And then they go, oh my God, I see that stuff everywhere now. Like, well, yeah, it's because it is everywhere. You're actually seeing, once I showed you, look, this and that and that and this and that. And what does that mean? This means this, this means this, this means this. They're putting it right in your face blatantly doing this on a negative scale. And the, the same thing's done on a positive scale throughout history. And that's why we need to know our history because it's right there in front of us. And that was the first statement that he made in that paragraph was that the harder you look, the more you go to touch it, the more you want to have it tangible, the more it's not going to be there for you to find because it's not in that realm. It's not in that realm. It's in the spiritual. That is literally what he meant by that paragraph. I know that because I know the answer. <laughs> right? So go back and read that a couple of times and ponder what, what was said right there. That's very important. That is the most important thing I have heard said by any person about stuff other than like Jesus and Muhammad and those people who were prophets. And most people didn't understand what they were saying either. Jesus said things almost identical to what he just said right there. Identical, because it's the same thing. Right? So I'm going to look into this character because he might actually be another um, Jesus factor. He might be another. Uh, 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 and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised because I haven't found any over in the Orient yet. So I'm going to look into him, write his name down. I'm going to look into him. All right, here we go. The Domain has observed that there are many visitors to Earth from neighboring planets and galaxies, but they rarely stop and live here. What kind of beings would live on a prison planet if they were not forced to do so? The same book also reports the story of a human named Ezekiel who witnessed the spacecraft or aircraft landing near Chabar River in Chaldea. His description of the craft uses very archaic language, technically, but is nevertheless quite an accurate description of an old empire saucer or scout craft. It is similar to the sightings of Viminas by the people in the foothills of the Himalayas. Their Genesis story also mentions that Yahweh designed biological bodies to live for 120 years on Earth. Biological bodies on most Sun-type 12 Class 7 planets are usually engineered to last for an average of about 150 years. Human bodies on Earth last only about one half as long. We suspect this is because the prison administrators have altered the biological material of human bodies on Earth to die more frequently so that the ISBEs, 
who inhabit them will recycle through the amnesia mechanism more frequently. It should be noted that much of the Old Testament was written during the captivity of the Jews who were enslaved in Babylon, which was very heavily controlled by priests of the Old Empire. The book introduces a false sense of time and a false concept of the origin of the creation. The... Okay, so <clears throat> so again, back to the, the Hebrews being called slaves, the Jews being called slaves. In 1947, that's what we believed that the Jewish people were. But now in, in 2021, we believe that they were under contract and they were workers. They were not enslaved. Okay, but they were under contract, and that was why the whole Moses had to go and talk to them and let my people go. He was trying to say, let them out of their contract because we need to go back to our homeland because our, oh, we have no homeland now. Okay, and that's what we believe that now. Okay, so again, she's going 1947 knowledge of history. She should know the difference if she's in fact from, but she doesn't. So that means that that means that uh, she's not all-knowing, so she can't have been around as long as she has said, claims that she would because she would be able to remote view us in the past, in the present, in the future. So here again, it's looking more like she's in a 3D body somewhere else flying a drone because she has no, no, no knowledge of, of, uh, of future being happening now or past happening now. So she's not, she is not in a place where in her spiritual mind that time is not three-dimensional. So that means that wherever in the universe she is, she is a three-dimensional being. Getting back to what the question was earlier, I wonder. She claims she was light. She's not. She can't be. She has to be in some sort of body as a being because that is what I'm, what I'm finding and I'm feeling and I'm smelling and I'm tasting and everything that she says, how she says it, everything that she's the way that her entire character is and her demeanor, her language. All of that says she's remote viewing from a from a desk with a computer flying a drone. Okay. Because she has no prior knowledge to the past, which she should. And everyone's. Why would you not know everyone's past? Well, I know the past, present, and the future, but only of my uh, surroundings. So that means that, that you have no, and that's very possible, right? That's very possible. You don't get to know everything that's going on in the entire universe until you're up high enough. So that is very possible. However, she's still, her demeanor and the way she's speaking is not of someone who is wiser than three-dimensional thinking. Egoic atheistic military serpent is the symbol of the old empire it appears in the beginning of their creation story or as the greeks say genesis and causes the spiritual destruction of the first human beings who are metaphorically represented by adam and eve the old testament clearly influenced okay we're going to stop here for for this week and i'm going to start over at the at the the part where he's talking about the way all right, we'll go back to that and start over and come up to this because now she's starting to talk about a completely different um, thing that I know I will, will be picking apart for a while. So we're, I'm already two hours in. I'm not going to get caught with this paragraph right now because if I do, we'll be here for another hour or so, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Cheryl said, did you make a comment before that? Because you said, I, I meant a person... What did you say before that, that, that you were correcting yourself on? Cause she said, unless you're on a different think you're on a different chat, right? I met a person in 1974 who had no hair on his body. No, no. What is that pores in his skin? What was that? 
Yeah. So I don't, I don't have a reference to what you were saying, um, Cheryl, where that came in. Did I miss something you said in the chat? Or did you just type in this chat thinking you were talking to somebody in a different chat? <laughs> yeah, because I don't see you making a comment in here anywhere. Yeah, I see you say, I, I yeah, I made it. And I'm looking at all the chat from then down to what you said. And I don't see you making a comment. So if you did and you're talking about something, I didn't see it here. And if you didn't, then whatever that was typing that you were talking about right there, you want to put that to whoever it is that you were trying to talk that to or tell me what that was in reference to. That's like hearing the, the end of a joke and not hearing those setup, right? I met a person in 1974. I met a person in 1974 who had no hair on his head, on his body. And okay. So, and that might've been at the point of re me referencing different aliens. I understand now. I apologize. So, right. I mean, and there could be people here, right? And if some people have said that, that some of these aliens have no hair on their bodies at all, they're almost like an albino, uh, in, in that respect. And they don't, you know, so yeah, that's very possible. That's, that's crazy uh, that you met that person that had no hair, no pores on his skin. What is that? Well, that, that um, some alien races are, I've heard, I haven't met one, but I've heard that and that they have no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, no hair anywhere on their bodies. Right. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had mentioned different beings. Right. That's why I, I've, once I got, once I looked and came back and reread it to myself, I went, Oh yeah, I know you were referring to the different aliens, me saying that different beings. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard that they were here. I've heard that other humans that look just like us are here, but their skin is orange and another one is blue and, and another one is um, um, like a, a red color. Uh, but they're literally human beings. They look just like us, but they don't have the color of the skin of any human that we have here. Completely different coloring to their skin. Um, cause they're from a different third dimensional, uh, place than this one or from another state from a different, different solar system. Right. No different than if you, if the first time you met a black person, look, their skin's dark. Wow. That's different. Wow. Well, it's cause they're from over there where it's really hot and they're in the sun. So, so when you leave this earth, why would there not be the people up in the North have a, not a lot of pigment in our skin. We're Vikings. We have, there's more clouds from, you know, from England up. There's more clouds than there are daylight in that area of the world. Over here in the United States, we have the same thing. When you go north from where I am right now, when you get not too far north, 100 miles from here, it's the same weather, just like England. In fact, uh, I think uh, there's a couple of cities here in California um, that are definitely they're on the same they're on the same uh, uh, longitude or latitude, whichever one goes. <laughs> they're on the same latitude as, as uh, England. So it's the same temperature and there's the same thing. We have clouds all the time, rain. If you go to Seattle, Washington, it's very much like Norway, right? So the higher up you get, you, you get that. So when you get up into Alaska, that's just like Siberia. Why? It's 57 miles across. It's in the same, same uh, uh, temperate zone. So that's, that's where, you know, you would have the same thing if you left this planet, went to another planet, you have people living in the temperate zones and they, they, we humans are very resilient and we adapt to our area. So people that were in the sun all the time, their pigment turned very dark. And, and because of that, the sun doesn't bother them like it does us white people. It does damage to our skin and we get burnt and that does damage to our bodies. Whereas they're out in the sunlight all the time. Look at the Aborigines in, in Australia. Look at the, the people in Africa and all over those regions on the same 
lines on the southern hemisphere and then when you get to the mediterranean those people are similar uh and, and so you have these bands that could encircle the globe of people depending on how far north or how far south they are so i don't think they designed this and said well we're going to have prisoners from all these different places so we have to have temperate zones and so we're going to make this place right that's just that's just not something that a third dimensional group of people have the capability of doing right? Not even with technology. Look at the technology we have now, right? You would have to be way more advanced to do that. And if you are that advanced, you're also more spiritually advanced than you would be because you can't, we have technology and we're, our spirituality has, has also risen. You see what I'm saying? We don't have the same, if you go back in time, that's what I'm talking about, 47, go back into the cowboy days in the 1800s and go back in the 1700s. Look at the technology that we had and look at the, the spirituality of the people at the time. There was less and less people that were very, very spiritual. However, as we have evolved, the technology has allowed us, because of computers, because of all this stuff, the technology has allowed us to have more knowledge quicker at the palm of our hands than ever before on this planet. So because of that, you have people excelling in every direction because you have, you have the ability to do that where before you had to pay money or go to a library or something and find this stuff. And it was only people who took the time to do that that became very well educated. Now, anybody and everybody, kids are being raised with tablets and cell phones. They're going to be far more intelligent than we are, and their children are going to be far more intelligent than we are. And they're going to, because they're literally everything that we didn't get. We didn't get tablets until 19, you know, until what, 2001, right? We didn't have a smartphone until after that. So they had it from the time they were born. Do you understand that? So that's like us with television. We, we had television, uh, and our parents didn't, or our grandparents didn't. Do you understand? And so we grew up with television and telephones and then cell phones and, and that sort of stuff. We had that stuff for our whole lives. So what did we do? We advanced. So the same thing's happening on a spiritual level because you have that at your access. We can look that shit up. I'm doing it. We're all doing it. I didn't have to pay a college to give me this education. I just go online and watch it on Google. Unless I want to read it, then I just look it up and read it. Do you understand? I use these tools to my advantage. And I don't understand why anyone else isn't. You guys are because you're here listening to me. <laughs> Right. So you're evolving faster than your parents and your grandparents and everybody that came before you. Do you understand? So our technology, our technological advances have allowed us humans who choose to excel great leaps and bounds. And that's what's happening with the advent of, of better technology and quicker and faster technology. We've made leaps and bounds. Look at the 60s. Uh, you know, we made a lot of leaps and bounds in 1969. And then look at 2012. Right. And now look at what people are doing now in 2020 and 2021 compared to 2012, compared to 1969. Right. There are there are millions more people awake. And I don't mean woke. We all know the difference between those fake wokes. And the, if you don't look up Tom McDonald on, on YouTube and listen to his fake woke, you'll get it. Right. People who are actually awake. Far millions and millions, millions more than ever before on this planet. Right. Think about that. OK. All right, guys. So let me pull this out of here and you guys can see me again here. Namaste. Uh, we're going to call it for the day. And um, so we were right at the two hour and 49 minute mark. I'm going to write that down, but I will start prior to that because I want to go back to I'm going to go back to what he said uh, and write down his name. And the, he wrote the, the book the way and I'm going to look that up. So two two hours, 49 minutes. 
and um, we'll do that start there for next week. Um, but we'll start before that because I want to go back to that. But I'll, I'll remember that because I have to. I'm always trying to figure out where were we again, and I, so I always go a couple minutes behind and let it play up and see where I want to start it. And that's what I'll do. All right, guys. So namaste. I hope I didn't, uh, uh, you know, a lot of you guys left, but, you know, that's what happens when it goes on long. People can't stay. And some of them go, oh, I think he's rambling now because you don't get what I say. Remember I said that before? Sometimes when I get into my parables, if you're the last people in line and you don't stay long enough, then your story doesn't get told for you to understand what I just said. <laughs> so I have to flip it the next time and start with you guys and then go back the other way. And so I lose one half one time. I lose another group another time. And I'm just I'm trying to get across the board with all the information so that what I say will hopefully affect you all in some way, in a positive way and benefit you in a positive way, because then that's me teaching and you're learning, and then from your learning, I can learn. So you become the teacher, and, and I become the, the learner. Uh, so we transfer that back and forth, and that happens a lot right in the chat as we're going live, right? <laughs> so I think that's cool. All right, guys, I love you all. This is uh, Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning in the show. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend wherever you are, and I'll see. I'll be back on Wednesday, and then again on Friday to continue this saga of alien interview. We'll be on part fifteen. All right, guys.